is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouths. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. Hello, hello, hello. To a new show of the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Big Easy, Errol Marks. And on the board, as always, Speedy, the Paddywhack Petey, and Tyler, Morley Mall, Ball Patterson. Harrison. Okay, there we go. I, I I got it right. What do you think, Speedy? You think I sure? Got it we'll right? go with that. <laughs> do you do you not like that introduction, Tyler? Do you not like that introduction? I thought it was a very good introduction. A little off, but it, it still was good. It, 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 I I don't know where you find these names from. I don't know what. But you don't like them. Is, is, is it lost? I don't think you've ever been found. <laughs> Uh, as you guys know, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and go to our app, iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, how do you call us? Number to call is 631-672-3108. Listen to him. <laughs> Speedy. Well, uh, we got a great show lined up for you. We have two guests. In just a few moments, we will be talking to athletic senior MLB writer and Murrow Award winner Britt Giroli. And at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Halloum, right? Hallum. Hallum. Okay. Well, you, 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 you. Pronounce them differently over here. Uh, we will get in. Speedy, what, what are we going to talk about today? I know we'll get into the Islander woes because they have not played well. But oh, last God. night, finally won a game in, in 11 or 12 games. Ooh. It's been absolutely uh, horrendous last couple of weeks for the New York Islanders. Their first win since, really, October. It's been it's been a long, uh, long sorrowing craziness for the Islanders. The Rangers um, losing, I think, 6-2 to two right now going into the third period. There's no reason to mention that. <laughs> there was no reason to mention that. Because uh, they won seven straight going into tonight. Yeah, it's all right. We'll go into the MLB lockout and uh, some of the stories that the Yankees are inter- inter- interested in the Japanese player Suzuki, right? Mm-hmm. I think his name is. No, uh, no, who no. had 38 home runs in Japan and 100 and some RBIs and nine stolen bases. Uh, it seems like the Yankees are the lead team to get him now uh, for the center field position, uh, especially with Aaron Hicks right now playing in the winter leagues. He hasn't looked good, so the Yankees are going to oh. protect that position. Uh, well, he's coming back from a bad injury. He hasn't played in a year and a half. Oh. So uh, so the Yankees, we'll get into the Yankees a little Did bit I later. Uh, we will get into the Mets as well uh, as some stories are coming out from the Mets organization that the Mets are not done. So they're looking to spend a little bit more money. Um, also, uh, we will get into some football as a week 12 is ended. Uh, what did the, you know, Zach Wilson look like, uh, in week 12, he looked a little bit better. I know Jet fans are still, 
uh, wanting to jump off a plank or something. But we'll get into the Jets and 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 some of the some of the good things we saw with the New York Jets this weekend, uh, even though they did not win against uh, Philadelphia. Uh, we will also get into the Giants uh, stories coming out from New York and the Giants that Gettleman uh, could be out by the end of the season. Thank it's, God. So that that is the story right now, uh, hitting uh, pretty much the papers. So we'll get into the Giants and what the Giants are going to do in the offseason and where they're going to move in the two first-round and two early first-round draft picks that they're going to get. So we got a great show lined up for you and our guest, ladies and gentlemen. We are now talking to athletic senior MLB writer and Murrow Award winner, Britt Giroli. What's going on, Britt? What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Uh, we're very happy to have you, especially award-winning. Yes, award-winning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got this position at The Athletic? I mean, The Athletic hasn't been around that long. And uh, how did you win this award? Uh, uh, did somebody call you? Uh, did you hear about this before before you were going to receive this award? So tell us a little bit about the award as well. Sure. So uh, my background in journalism is I went to Michigan State journalism undergrad degree. Um, I was a division one swimmer there as well. And I interned with MLB at Tampa Bay in 2008. That was the year they went to the world series. Um, so after that season, MLB kept me on, I'm from Connecticut. So I volunteered to help out with Mets Yankees in 09, got to cover the Yankees, uh, world's last world series win in 2009 (laughs) for them. And then 2010, they gave me my own beat. I covered the Orioles for MLB from 2010 until 2018, in which case uh, from there, the Athletic had an opening for a job in D.C. I covered the Nationals uh, 19 when they won the World Series and 20. And then this past January, I got promoted to senior national MLB writer, which basically means I cover all teams, all things going on with the league right now. Uh, in terms of that award, um, I got an email about it, and what's kind of nice is it was about a podcast that I had done based off of a story I did. So uh, it was really fun. It was uh, different to be honored for something I had done in the audio space. Uh, the award was in New York City at Gotham Hall, so it's always fun to to go back there. Uh, like I said, I'm from Connecticut, but now we live in Maryland, so it's always nice to be in a city that I consider kind of home. So, uh, as you guys know, we are talking to Athletic Senior MLB writer and Murrow Award winner, Britt Giroli. So, Britt, tell us a little bit about, obviously, you're an MLB person. Uh, Tell us what you thought about the New York Mets uh, with the acquisition of Max Scherzer and, obviously, some of the acquisitions in Marte. Did you think these were good moves? Did you think Max Scherzer got overpaid by the New York Mets? No, I think... No one's ever happy, right? If the Mets didn't spend money, we'd complain that, oh, they aren't spending money. Mm -hmm. Uh, They signed Max Scherzer, and people are like, oh, that's a lot of money. Is he being overpaid? No, he's not. I watched him very closely in Washington. I have a great relationship with him. Uh, He's going to be worth all that and more, not just for what he does on the mound, but for what he does keeping the clubhouse in line. I mean, they need guys like Max Scherzer. They need guys who want to compete, want to win, and aren't going to settle for some of the stuff that's gone on in the Mets clubhouse over the last few years. I mean, if the LOL Mets days are done, you need a guy like Scherzer in there. Uh, To go along with a guy like DeGrom, they have the best one-two punch in baseball right now. So I like these moves. And I think when you listen to Steve Cohen talk, it's pretty clear that he doesn't care about the luxury tax. The Yankees for years now, um, under Hal Steinbrenner, have been scared of that luxury tax, right? Everything's got to be, got to keep it under this. 
Um, I love that an owner comes into New York and it's like, no, we're in New York. We're going to do whatever we can to win. So I think that's been really great for the sport overall. And when you look at it right now, this is Atlanta's division, obviously, winning the World Series. They've won the division the last couple of years. Uh, I like that Cohen is being aggressive because they're going to have to be if they're going to unseat Atlanta. So in terms of the trends of the starting pitching contracts, we just saw Trevor Bauer get a huge one from the Dodgers, then the Mets just broke that with Scherzer. Do you think less years and more average annual value is the new trend, or do you think it's just Max Scherzer being older that's why I only got three years? Yeah, I wouldn't compare Trevor Bauer to Max Scherzer at all. Um, I just think where Max Scherzer is in his career, uh, wanting the two years plus an opt-out, right? It's not necessarily three. He has the ability to opt-out if he wants to opt-out. He's 37 years old. His last contract was a long one in D.C. It was also one that if you go back, people hated that deal. They thought he got overpaid then. Now you go back and you look and you're like, oh, my God, this guy got underpaid. And I think the same thing is going to happen at the end of this. If the Mets win a World Series and Max Scherzer is there, is anybody going to look at that as a bad deal? Absolutely not. So I don't think the trend is going towards the shorter, high-paid AAVs. I think it's still kind of staying where it is. But I think when you look at the top free agents, they were uh, guys like Scherzer was an older guy. But then you look and they're still giving out 10-year deals. You look at the, the years and the money that Marcus Simeon got and Corey Seager, and you're still going to see that post-CBA. It's just so great to have somebody on this show, Britt, that has common sense. Thank you for saying what I've been saying for a very long that's time. That's because you're in love with Max Scherzer. Max, that's Scherzer, the reason why. Max Scherzer should have been a New York Yankee, and that's where we're No, all. he shouldn't be. He, well, no, the Yankees aren't oh, paying $43 million for a 38-year-old pitcher. But then why not? They should. Thank why you. not? I wouldn't. They gave Finally, Garrett Cole, someone with common they gave sense. Garrett Cole a $326 million contract and he got two years ago. In Boston. Uh, really, he was... Uh, first of all, it's one game, and he had to play... The he didn't play game well. is Yankee uh, career. That's fine. That's your... That's your opinion. My opinion, he has played well. He was runner-up for the MLB uh, yeah, uh, American the League. Orioles and the uh, Orioles, they're in the best Max position. Scherzer isn't Garrett Cole, though. Max Scherzer is a hall, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a guy, I've covered baseball for 15 years. I've never seen anyone as competitive as he is. He does these running routines in between his starts that nobody else can keep pace with. Pitchers want no part of it because it's too hard. Max Scherzer is a different breed. And so I think when you look at that, and it's just funny that, oh, the Yankees can't spend this money on this guy. He's old or he's whatever. Why can't they? I mean, I was I grew up a Yankees fan in Connecticut. I was at their last World Series in 09, just starting out. Why can't they be that team again? When did they decide they were going to small market everything? Because that's not working either. Go ahead, ask your you're, question. You're, you're bringing tears to my eyes. Just ask the question. It's just so Spit weird. it out. All right, Britt. She's, so, here, she's here for it's until 9.25. So move it on. Let's right, go. We got, right, we got a lot. Calm got down, a lot of questions to go we through. We do. We do. You we take do, forever. I do not. Spit it out. Let's go. So you also cover the Washington Nationals, obviously. That's why I have a great relationship with Max Scherzer. Another very promising young player in Washington. His name is Juan Soto. I think he's the best player under 25 in the league, and the Nationals have a very bright future with him. Just for gauges, we see another type of uh, new theme in Major League Baseball where they're giving out Wanda Franco just got 10 years, huge contract by a, a very poverty-stricken team in Tampa Bay. So now with the Nationals, who also like to spend money, when do you think Juan Soto is going to get this long-term extension done? Oh, I don't think he's getting it done. His agent is Scott Boris. That's the difference between Wander Franco and Juan Soto. Is Scott Boris guys almost never signed those team-friendly Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albee type extensions. So unless the Nationals are backing up the truck and offering him $500 million, which is what I think it's going to take to keep him, 
which I don't see happening because the Lerner family, as you mentioned, they do pay for players, but historically they've only paid for pitchers. They've offered big money to Scherzer, to Strasburg. Uh, they let Anthony Rendon walk. They let Bryce Harper walk. Historically, they have only paid big for starting pitchers, so I don't see them doing that with Juan Soto. So, But is Juan Soto going to be too expensive for the Yankees, who are now this small market team or try to act like it? Uh, you know, you look at these suitors for Juan Soto in the future, and, you know, if, if they do raise the luxury tax, uh, it probably helps his market a little bit. But I don't think the Nationals are going to be able to extend him on any kind of, like, team-friendly deal. First of all, and by the way, we were talking to athletic senior MLB writer and Murrow Award winner Britt Giroli. Mm-hmm. Britt. The Yankees right now are amongst the league's lead when it comes to, uh, obviously, salaries. I, I think they're, they're over the luxury tax right now. And, by the way, I don't see the Yankees not spending money for a power hitter, uh, especially a young hitter. When he becomes a free agent, he's 25 years old. I am not spending. If I'm running an organization, as good as Max Scherzer is, and, by the way, I have some questions about Charlie Slows because I'm a very good friend of his. Um, uh, what I've seen... Uh, of Max Scherzer the last couple of years. He's a phenomenal pitcher. He had had shoulder problems last year going into the playoffs. And now going to the Mets, knowing the New York Mets over the years, he's going to go to the Mets, and I believe he's not going to stay healthy. That's three years. You're signing him for 43 minutes. As good as he is, he's great. And they tandem. The Mets have always had good tandem pitchers. Go look at their roster over the years. They had the Dark Knight. They had Jacob deGrom. They had Noah Syndergaard. You're talking about everybody has put the Mets as the best pitching staff in baseball for the last three years. Have they been the best pitching staff in baseball in the last three years? No, they have not. They, they really have not. Besides Jacob deGrom, they don't produce. And Jacob... Jacob didn't, and, and I, to me, um, when we look at this, Britt, Jacob DeGrom didn't even tell us what was wrong with him last year when he missed almost a quarter of the end of the season. So what are your, before we get into the Yankees and, and Charlie, because I, I, I have some questions. You work with the Nationals, so Charlie, like I said, is a really good friend of the show, and he's been on our show quite a few times. What are your thoughts to that about the New York Mets not keeping players healthy? Yeah, I think there's some some definite truth to that. I think you look at the athletic staff, you look at the development. Uh, but when you get older, proven players, guys like Scherzer, they already have the routines. They already know what keeps them healthy. And you, you pointed out um, things that did support your argument. But you missed the whole second half of this past year when the Dodgers traded for him and he went 10-1. and mm-hmm. You know, like he pitched incredibly well, he had dead arm because he tried to pitch too much in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? He tried to pitch on the days that he wasn't even scheduled to pitch. So I think if you hold that over his head and say, look, he's breaking down, he's 37. No, the guy was trying to literally throw on his throw days like he did in 2019 when he took the ball when he couldn't move his neck for Game 7 of the World Series. That's what you want. I don't care if, if he's beat up. That's what you want, I think, on the mound. So uh, – the Mets, what they what happened with you know guys like the Dark Knight, guys like Syndergaard, um, can you be a little bit like, all right, what's going on here with the development? Yeah, I think you you certainly can, but I don't think I think that's more a case of younger guys, and I saw it in Baltimore a lot, guys like Kevin Gossman and Dylan Bundy, and who couldn't put it together in Baltimore because they had talent and they had a million people telling them different things and. All of a sudden, they got lost. They weren't sure what was going on. So you're not going to have that happen with a veteran. Guys who come up through the system, guys like Jacob deGrom, guys who have only known that Mets way, yeah, they could get screwed up if it's not done right. But I think for the Mets, the best thing they can do is bring in the guys who had success elsewhere. And also, to the Mets' credit, 
They have done a better job in building up some infrastructure. They now have 26 people in their uh, analytics information department. So they shouldn't be like out coached, out developed, out anything because of this huge group of people who are supposed to find these things and use these things, these bits of information to bring to the coaching staff to help prevent these kinds of injuries. Mm. Uh, well, I, I, I do think spending a lot of money doesn't really matter to Steve, Stephen Cohen, but uh, I still look at Steve, what he has spent over the last couple of years and what they didn't produce last year. And Lindor better have a better season than he did last year, because if he doesn't, right. fans are going to crush him. He, he, he's making a lot of money. And, uh, and I think Max is going to be fine in New York. I, I absolutely believe it. But there has to be some kind of truth that Stephen Matz didn't want to come back. Four-year deal worth uh, almost close to $100 million. He didn't want to go back to the Mets. Noah, uh, Noah Syndergaard didn't want to go back to the Mets. There has to be some kind of truth to that. And even Marcus Stroman, after leaving, and uh, where did he go? I'm sorry. Cubs. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Cubs. He went to the Chicago Cubs. He even said some interesting things about the Mets after leaving the New York Mets. So when you see all these top pitchers or all these young pitchers leave the Mets, there has to be some kind of truth to what they're saying about the organization. But my question for you before these guys have their question is, what is it like working with Charlie Slows? I mean, he's he's a (laughs) very interesting personality. He really is funny, uh, educated when it comes to baseball, basketball, and sports. Uh, and his son actually does a show on our network, a wrestling show on our network. So what is it like working with Charlie Slows? Oh, he's a great guy. I think him and Dave are underrated in terms of radio pairs. Um, I used to love uh, leaving the stadium, and sometimes at The Athletic you didn't have to do a game story, so I'd, I'd leave the stadium and I'd listen to the game on my way home, and it was just so enjoyable. I, I think the two of them are so knowledgeable. I think they work so well together. Um, Charlie has been great to me from day one. Um, I still consider myself a friend to him. I live in this area. I go to Nats games a lot. Um, I think he has a lot of knowledge. And like I said, that radio team to me, um, it's just a very solid, very knowledgeable uh, listen. A lot of times when you listen to the radio now, people are trying to tell you too much or trying to prove that they know too much. You can just kind of relax with them, right? It's just an enjoyable experience listening to a game with Dave and Charlie. So last one for me. Favorite game you got to cover working in the field, and as a fan, your favorite game you attended? I think the 2019 Game 7 Nationals winning in Houston was probably the best one that I covered. Though I've covered a lot of really good games. I was there for um, Derek Jeter's last game, that walk-off with the Orioles. I covered the Orioles then. Beltran's 3,000th hit. Um, I was there, obviously, for a lot of World Series games. So, I don't know. I guess I'd go with that one. Um, As a fan, so my dad had Yankee season tickets, um, and when they won, I can't remember which championship it was in the nineties. Um, we were there. I was little though. So I only remember like shades of Who it, they but play? my dad, it was Who did at- they play? what? Who did they play? And I could probably tell you what year. I can't, I literally can't, I'm blanking on it now, but the mm-hmm. best part of the night and what has lived on forever in my mind is the, my dad and my uncle were hammered. It was at old Yankee stadium. <laughs> Right when it was closing, so maybe we could figure out the year. They stole their, they popped their bleacher seats out and took them and put them under their jackets. Two thousand nine. That was two thousand nine. Uh, two thousand eight. Was it? Wait, uh, no. No, two thousand nine was the new Yankee Stadium. Yes, yeah, so, so, I was so, there. So two thousand. So two thousand eight was the last year they played in the new stadium. Um, no, because that was the first year of City Field was nine. Was it old yes. Yankee Stadium? Two thousand. They both debuted their stadiums the same year. Two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah. The Yankee Stadium was 2009 when they opened Okay, up the well, then stadium. maybe it wasn't 
Well, maybe they were just stealing seats. Maybe it wasn't a World Series. I don't remember. I wish I could ask him, but he passed away like five years I'm ago. Sorry to hear I'm my sorry father, about my that. My mom will not remember. My father it's passed fine. away five years ago, too. So It's a shitty club to be a part of. Yeah. Um, so we have this Yankees, old Yankees stadium bleacher seat. Mm-hmm. And my mom has it now. Uh, and people were literally getting arrested for taking these seats. And my dad and my uncle just like <laughs> had them under their jackets, like had their kids with them, like totally like using us as shields and just, um, you know, so it, it's kind of lived on in my family is like, you know, just a, a crazy, unbelievable story and a really cool, like sports heirloom to have, right? Like I have tons of sports memorabilia, but how many people can say they have a, an actual bleacher seat from the Yankee stadium? I have from the, the fir- for before they changed the, the old Yankee stadium to the, I think it was in 1960s. My grandfather has one of the main chairs. I actually have one of his chairs. So, nice. uh, yes. So I have from, from the old, old, the house that Ruth built, I have one of the old, old chairs. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have it. It's definitely something I will never sell or give away. It's, it's something, right. it's a piece that you'll always remember. Yep. That's how I remember it. So obviously, the, the biggest story in baseball is the strike or the lockout, depending on who you talk to. Right now in the league, I'm sure you're very well connected and you're hearing from both sides. Do you have an insight on is this going to be short? Is it going to be long? Are they close? Are they far? Do you have any insight as to what's actually going on right now between the Players Association and the owners? Yeah, well, the players take my calls a lot more often than the owners ever do. So from the players' perspective, um, I know that they all feel like they built up this war chest of money and if they need to dig in their heels, they're going to dig in their heels. And that chest of money is so the guys that are making the minimum, if this leaks into spring training and they're like, where's, like, I, I live paycheck to paycheck. Where's that money? That's why they have this chest. So obviously the guys like Scherzer's are going to be okay missing a few paychecks. But they have built this up because they know they may need to drag this out as long as possible. And when you're kind of going toe-to-toe in negotiations with owners, with billionaires, those guys you know, losing money, yeah, it's going to upset them, but it's not going to change their lifestyle. I think that's an indicator that the players are really serious here. They also know that they kind of got screwed the last two CBAs. They weren't really paying attention in 2016. They were more concerned with better food in the clubhouse and getting some extra off days. And I think they've seen now how the owners and front offices have taken every little loophole and exposed it. I mean, the two main things the players are fighting for is more money for the minimum salary. That minimum salary at 575 has only increased 3%, like it's increased with inflation. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, baseball has gotten profits from $7 billion, the last CBA, to now $11 billion. Wow. So the profits have gone up $4 billion, and these minimum salaries, which about 60% of the league are on, right? We talk about bloated free agent salaries. We're talking about the 1%. So... Those minimum salaries, those guys are making five seventy five, which sounds like a lot, except they pay taxes in every single city they go to. They pay an entertainment tax on their taxes in every single city they play in. They have agent fees. They have clubhouse fees. Um, you can very easily half that, and their heads of households, their significant others really can't work. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, that's that's getting insane now. So I think that's really what they're fighting over, and they want teams to win. Like, this tanking method is just not great for the sport. Having, like, five teams try is not great for the sport. So those are the two main objectives. You've heard a lot about how they want free agency to change, how they want arbitration to change. They're never going to get the owners to agree to that, in my opinion. If they can just find a way to get these teams that are sharing the revenue to put that money into 
the big league payroll, right, to do away with the draft rewarding teams that tank. If they can figure out how to do that and increase the minimum salary, I think they would be thrilled. Brett, quickly, who do you think is going to get Freeman from the Braves? Is he going back to the Braves? Does he does he go to the Yankees? A lot of rumors uh, coming out from the Yankees are the lead team to get him if he doesn't go back to the Braves. And Correa, uh, uh, do you think Correa leaves the Astros? Where do you think he goes? Yeah, I love these rumors this time of year. There is no lead teams on anything when there's a lockout and nothing can actually be done or talked about. Um, I do think Freeman stays in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think that they were smart to wait until the CBA was done because now Freeman wants more years and more money, right, than what the Braves want to give him. But if this new CBA says we're going to have a universal DH, well, now you feel a little more comfortable with a 38-year-old Freddie Freeman, right, versus you have to play him in the field every day. So I kind of get why they didn't do this in the flurry of moves because the CBA could make it a little more attractive for the Braves to kind of meet Freddie where he wants to be. I think Correa and the Astros is done. Historically, they have not given out long contracts. They lowballed him with the offer that they made to him while he was still with them. I think when you look at a guy like Correa, he would have been best suited in Detroit, but Detroit didn't want to wait around. They went they went out, they got Javi Baez, probably their fourth best option. I think a guy like Correa, uh, a guy who idolizes Alex Rodriguez, probably fits best in New York with the Yankees, in my opinion. I don't know if anyone is the lead for anything at this point in time. Right. I think Correa is going to sit back and wait for a while, regardless of when the CBA finally finishes. He's in no rush to sign. Uh, but I think he makes a lot of sense. He loves the spotlight. He loves the media. He loves the attention. You right. can see it at every, you know, at every stage. He is the spokesperson for the Astros. I think he would fit in in New York in that stage. And I think that they could really use a guy like him. As you guys know, we are talking to Athletic Senior MLB writer and Murrow Award winner, Britt Giroli. Britt, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Britt underscore Giroli. Um, just type in GH and hopefully it'll come right up. It's a complicated Italian last name. Uh, apologies for that. But uh, yeah, you can follow me there. Instagram, the same thing. And then read The Athletic. You can read all of my stuff, all of Ken Rosenthal, Jason Stark, some really, really Great baseball writers over at The Athletic. I know Ken. I actually interviewed Ken a a while ago. Really, really nice guy. Uh, Also knows a lot about uh, sports. So, um, uh, obviously, Britt, we'd love to get you on again whenever you have time. Uh, We'd love to bring you on. You know, obviously, very knowledgeable in in baseball. I'd like to see what kind of knowledge you have in the NFL and and, and NBA. I'm sure you're a big sports fan. So, definitely would love to get you on and talk more sports with you. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I host a radio show twice a week, and all we talk about is NFL and NBA because there is no baseball right now. That's so true. we could have talked about that too. Absolutely. I didn't know that. So <laughs> we'll definitely get you on again. My uh, producer will definitely reach out to you. You're great. Thank you for joining us. All right, guys, and you guys are talking about the Rangers. You should know my celeb, my biggest celeb meeting of all time at a game was Yankee Stadium back in 09, Mark Messier. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Mark is a nice guy. I, I've interviewed Mark too. See? Very, very nice guy. She but I'm an Islander fan. She likes the Rangers. Best guest of all time. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Take Thank care. You. Thank you so much. Uh, we were just time. talking uh, to Athletic Senior MLB writer and Murrow Award, Britt Giro- uh, Giroli. Really, really nice woman. Uh, definitely knows her stuff. Uh, and Tyler, of course, spitting out his uh, craziness, uh, as always. Um, Best guess. 
<laughs> Everybody's the best guest for you. If it has anything to do with the Rangers no. or any of the teams you root for. Well, I'm just glad that, that she has Scherzer. common sense. What that's made, all. Listen, that's her opinion. Uh, and, common sense. Uh, common sense is I'm not paying a 38-year-old $43 million. Well, then you don't get the And I'll tell you this right. I'm telling you this right now. Mark my words. If Max Scherzer in the next two years That's gets hurt, game. if he gets hurt, I am going to tell you, I'm going to laugh in all the Mets fans' faces because I'm going to say, I told you so. I told you so. Okay? And Max Scherzer is not the missing piece for the Mets to win a World Series. Sorry, he's not. They got a lot of other pieces they got to fill in before they have a chance to win a World Series. Oh, and that pitching staff pitching and that staff. pitching staff has lost three Quality pitchers in the last two years. Steven Matz, Noah Syndergaard, yes, he hasn't played the last two years. Watch what Noah's going to do with the Angels this year. Nothing. What? Okay. You want to bet on that? You want to bet on that? I bet they still make the playoffs. I, the Angels will make the playoffs this year. Uh, with, uh, with, obviously, a healthy MVP. And, you, you know, I'm not talking about Tony. Uh, no, Mike, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. You're going to have Mike Trout back. You have Rendon healthy this year. You have the Otani, obviously. Then you have that pitching staff that you rebuilt, that pitching staff. That's going to be a really good pitching rebuilt. staff. Syndergaard and who? Syndergaard and Otani as your one-two punch. And Didn't I, you say Otani sucked as a pitcher? He did, but you put, him, you put another pitcher. You're not putting more pressure on him. You're taking the pressure off of him because you got another guy that can be an ace. So you add, you add another you know, power pitcher to that pitching staff. I, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, the Angels are going to be a really, really good team. If they could stay healthy this year, they're going to be really, really good. Their middle of the lineup is really, really good. No, no, there's and a lot of good teams in the American League. I don't see them getting Really? What's, what's, what's the great teams in it? I, I'll tell you this. Houston's not going to be the same team they were this year because they're going to lose Houston's players. Houston's still going to be freaking good. I don't know about that. They're losing, gonna be they're losing two players in their starting lineup. And, they're, they're, and right now, Bregman they're, brought up as a They brought stop. Verlander back. Gurley, Gurley A is going to go move to third. They're going to play Alvarez at first. Who are they missing? Oh, yeah. Pregman playing shortstop, who hasn't played shortstop ever in his career. Yeah, great move. Great move by Houston. Putting he was a guy that's up a, as a shortstop. But he wasn't a shortstop in the major leagues. That's fine. He's been in the majors that's how long? Fine. How long? How long has he been in the majors? Five years. Five years. Five years. Oh, so he's, for five years, he hasn't been a shortstop, and you're going to put him at the shortstop position. Bet you he figures it out. Okay, okay. Bet, bet me whatever. Who you else are you going to put there? Uh, first of all, Houston is not going to be the same team this year. The, we I know agree, what the, but we know gonna what Tampa's going to be. Tampa's going to be good. That that whole division, the American League East, right. Boston will be good. The Yankees Toronto's will be good. Toronto will be, be good. Even Baltimore will be better this year. But I, I do believe there's going to be. Baltimore's going to trade away pieces. Their center fielder, which we've been Mullins, hearing, Mullins, we've yeah, been Mullins. hearing a lot of stories that they're they're looking to move him. Uh, that kid Suzuki, which a lot of teams are interested in him yeah. from Japan. They're going to get Adley Rushman this year too. Yeah, so who's one of the I'd take a top five prospect in baseball right now. And what I have heard, and, and she's right, they're, they're obviously the rumors are, are, are cut right now because the lockout. The Yankees are the second team that has been talking Freeman. So if somehow the Braves don't get Freeman or they can't negotiate a contract nope. with Freeman. Don't be surprised if the Yankees swoop right in and get him. So, and Correa, it makes sense that Correa goes to the Yankees. It does. But here's the problem. If the Yankees make that move, and Correa is a good, he's a good playoff hitter. We've seen that. He can hit in the playoffs. Uh, he hits uh, under pressure. He's, he's all of the above. It, you have to make a decision. If you bring Correa in, then you have Volpe, you have the other kid that's in the top 50 in the, in, right now. And, and Volpe, who's a, a top 12, top 11 player right now, in 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 in, in, Yankee, in baseball, Pipeline, yeah, yeah in, in no, in baseball. Okay, as far as uh, young players, if they decide to do that, 
you have to decide what you're doing with Volpe. That it means you're going to have to trade him. No, and that, you don't. You can keep him. What are you going to do with him? Correa's going to... Keep gonna, him in AAA. Correa, Correa, you're not going to keep a guy that's ready to come You're trading Glaber. No, I'm not... Uh, Glaber's, Glaber's gone. Not tra- but Glaber is a great second baseman. He's a... Go look at Glaber Torres as he plays second base, what his numbers are. All right, and you're going to pay him? Uh, yes, he's not going to make it. Right now, the Yankees right, are going to no extend offense. him. They're not giving... First of all, Glaber Torres isn't making $200 million contract. He's not. He's not going to get that, especially, especially, and, and the Yankees can extend him this offseason and give him 100, 150 million, and he'll take that, okay? And Glaber Torres is the future second baseman for that team. He's 22, 23 years old. They're not going to move him. That, that's what's going to happen. Okay. So if they trade Volpe, they, they got to decide what they're going to do and how, how they're going to do it because honestly, they got Volpe, they have Dominguez, they got that pitcher. Who's the, uh, the pitcher in that pipeline that they, they've been talking about who pitched in the baseball um, before the All-Star game with the young pitchers? Medina? Oh, Sh- oh, Schmidt? No, not Schmidt. The other kid. There's Medina, there's Garcia. Medina. There's Medina. Medina. Medina's the, the other kid. And that's... then there's Debbie Garcia who fell off a cliff. Yeah, well, Debbie Garcia I, I think needs to be traded, and I think the Yankees will move him. But uh, I don't think Debbie – but I, I, Medina's the guy. Uh, they're going to have to decide what, what they're doing. But don't we do this every three years? There's always a new guy, and the Yankees That's are – That's a lot of teams, man. You no, think the Yankees the, are the only no, team? No, but hold on. We, well, we're covering New York teams. Mm-hmm. The Yankees do this with every new prospect that comes in their pipeline, and we blow them up to the fucking moon, and then they don't play well or they don't live – Aaron Judge is not a good player? Aaron, Aaron Judge is not a good player? Aaron Judge didn't get the hype that Aaron Jason Judge. has had, that Gary Sanchez Aaron had. Aaron Judge, he's not a good player? Yes or no? Aaron, yeah. He was a, a top player. 50 prospect in the in the pipeline. Did he have the hype that Dominguez had? He was a good player. He was a first-round draft pick. Garcia. Yes, he was a first-round draft pick. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, 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 and by the way, Gleyber Torres. Gleyber Torres, besides... The, the last year and a half because he played shortstop, they moved him to shortstop. When he was playing second baseman, we were talking about the what... best infield player prospect in baseball. He had a 40 right, home run. What are you talking about? In Chica- Chicago. What are you talking about? No, it's when he got traded. talking about it. He had 40 goals two years ago. For a year he was. He had 40 right. home runs two years ago. He had one great year. One great year? One great, one great year. year. How long has he been in the league, Tyler? You know so much about baseball. How many years? This is going to be what his fourth year in the league. Uh, fifth. fifth year fifth in the league. Fifth year in the league. Fifth year right. in the league. And three out of the four, five years. Three out of the four years, he was great. I I, he was great. I he, need you to really take a step back here. You talk like an idiot and understand that you're being completely biased right now. No, I'm and not. You, need to, you are, dude, man. Dude, you don't listen okay. to this show. Obviously, before. Speed. What do you mean? Am I have to listen to you. Do you I talk not so talk? Do loud. I not talk to talk about the Yankees and talk trash about the Yankees yeah, during do. the show all the time? You don't know what you're talking about. I do know what why I'm do you? About. Why do all the fans think that when I talk about the team and I I speak real stuff about the team that I'm not talking? I'm not talking as a fan. I'm talking as analyzing the the way these teams are. What's the, the weakness with the Yankees? What is the weakness? I want to you know. Tell your, me. Hold on. Hold on. What is the weakness with the Yankees? It's pitching. What Clearly, part of pitching? it's pitching. What pitching? What part of pitching? All of it. No, they st- don't have five st- quality stars, and they don't have a bullpen All worth right. a damn. All right, so the last four years, where are the Yankees ranked in starting pitching? Errol. Where are the Yankees in starting pitching the last in the four league? years? In the league. You're combining all four years? Four years. Well, it's for you to bring it up. It's got to be top ten. Otherwise, Always top, be, Yes. Yeah. Besides last year. And, and last, oh, year, besides last, last year. Last year, there were 15. They were 15 in a league. That's not good. Uh, it's better It's better than it's you say average, they are. Actually. It's better it's than you average. say they are. No, and that's not. because the Yankees were fighting injuries and with their pitching. And if you take out Garrett Cole, they're not 15. They're probably 25th. Oh, my God. 
you are talking about all the way how many, all the pitching. How many saves did Chapman blow last I'm week? I'm not talking. I, the weakness of the Yankees pitching is their bullpen. And that's what the Yankees need to do when this lockout is over. They need to figure out what they're doing right. with their bullpen. And Einstein. So we're talking about Freeman, who's not a pitcher. We're talking about Correa, who's not a pitcher. And Story and everybody else that's been flown around. What Yankee pitchers have been linked? What? What? Where? Where are these bullpen arms? Mm. Corey Knubel signed. The bunch of you want uh, the Yankees the to make. You know what the your problem is. Guy? You know what your problem is, and this is a big problem. Why don't you, you just have. answer my question? I'm, I'm answering your you question. You can't answer my question because they're not linked to pitching. There's no <laughs> pitcher they're linked to. Not a how single you, pitcher. How do you know what they're linked to? How do you know? Are you hanging out with the Yankees? Are you hanging out with Brian No Cashman? beat writers talking about it. So I'm the only one Wait in the a second. planet that's first, not reading first this? First of all, the Yankees are a very quiet organization with their moves. With what? What do you mean? Wait, since what? when are the Yankees quiet about very anything? Quiet. Okay, so you're telling me Brian Cashman has opened his mouth and said the things that he's done over the years? How about more? Manny Machado about, was deemed a Yankee when he was playing re- in Baltimore. Really? That's why he's a Yankee, right? No, because <laughs> he came. Wait. Wait, hold that thought. Because Brian Cashman didn't want to pay him. Cratchit Corbin was deemed a Yankee. Oh, he's coming mm-hmm. back because the Yankees didn't want to give him the extra year. Guess what where he you, did? What did? He only won a World Series. Uh, yeah, won a World Washington. Series. He also played with Max Scherzer and Steven Another Strasburg. Another guy that they didn't call. Thank God. Thank God. And Thank I, God. You're and a I, fool. I'm a fool. We'll you're see. A fool. We'll see how much of a fool I am watching this season with the Mets. We'll see how much what of a fool. What do you mean? It doesn't matter about the team success. Win. Yes, it does. As, yeah, as, if you get Max Scherzer finishes top five in Cy Young voting, you sound like a moron. No, you sound like a moron. You are there to win. Who you gives a rat Hold on one second. Why do you think Steve Cohen spend that money for Max Scherzer? Do you think to win a Cy Young or win a championship? Answer the question. To be a to a championship Answer my question. Answer my question. You're damn right. Stop Screaming. To win a World Series. Answer my question. Oh, that's to win a an World Series. Moron. Errol's telling people to stop screaming. Yeah, because okay. you're you're an idiot. You speak out of your ass. Everything that comes out Hold of your on. mouth, so you speak Mets, out of your ass. The Mets mm-hmm. are closer to winning a World Series than the Yankees is what you're telling me? No, they're not. Okay, then. So the Yankees getting Max Scherzer wouldn't have meant more? I'm not spending $43 million on a, th- a pitcher that's 38 years old who has shoulder problems right now. No nope. shoulder problems. Yes. The insider just told you you were wrong about that. She it was that, a dead arm, dead arm because he was pitching uh, on off days. Uh, uh, dead arm. Dead arm. So let me ask you a question. She hangs out with Max Scherzer. She's over there hanging out as his, I guess, pitching coach or all that stuff. Because what we were watching, what we were watching What's with the Dodgers. Baseball? Yes. At the end of the season, he had there, there were stories coming out that his shoulder wasn't good. He okay. had a historic second half. That's, Whether you want to admit it that's or not, fine. he had an amazing that's second fine. half and postseason. Listen, and I, I want I want you to listen to me. If he doesn't pitch well this year, I don't want to hear you make excuses. What's I not well? I don't. You, I, I'm telling you, if he doesn't get the Mets in the playoffs, if he don't that's get not the, fair. That, that's it. That, what are you talking about? If he it's wins, $43 million, if you If he idiot. wins 15 games and has a sub-3 ERA, he did his job. Uh, listen, if you're forty, if you're making $43 million and you're not a, a, a big piece to help this team to make the playoffs, you I don't give a crap. If you're, if he wins 16, if he's 16-3 and three and they don't make the playoffs, that's fine. He's not going to be 16-3. and three. You're going into New York. You're going to be – there's a lot of pressure. You saw Lindor. You saw the pressure that was on Lindor this year. He was not the same player in New Scherzer's York. Scherzer's already proved. He's good with pressure. Uh, oh, 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 yeah? Yeah. In New York. He's played in New York? He's pitched in Washington and took them to a Washington. Washington. Are you kidding me? 
And don't talk about the Dodgers because we know about the Dodger fans. They oh, don't show yeah, up the games. Yeah, he real bad they this year for the, the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers. Awful. The Dodgers fan, didn't want did, him back did at I all. Did I say that? Speedy, what did we talk about? Because obviously this dope doesn't listen to what we talk about. Do Dodger fans actually show up to their games? In the third inning. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> in the third inning. And they don't even fill out their stadiums. All oh, right. They ERA in the third inning really went sky high. No, that's not what I'm talking about. It just shows you. You go to New York, there's a different kind of pressure on you. Especially when, a, when an owner pays you you $43 million, okay? So he better, I hope he produces for the Mets because I'm not going to be crying as a Yankee fan. I'm not because, honestly, the Yankees are positioned right now that they're not, they're going to wait and they're going to go after the bullpen pieces that they need. I really don't, they'll get a starting pitcher by trade, via trade, like we talked to Craig, what he said. They're going to trade for somebody. Yeah, I don't Luis know. Luis Castillo, they're going to make a mistake. I, 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 who's to say Luis Castillo's the guy? Who's They've to say? been linked to him now for like 18 so what? months. So what? And the Yankees have been linked to a lot of players and never landed those players. Yeah, okay? thank you. And there's a reason why. There's a, because teams want more and they like to rob the Yankees. They ask for top prospects. What do you make your faces for? Ooh. Oh, okay, so, so this You've shows you. have been bragging so, all year that we got okay, Gallo and bring, Rizzo for nothing. You're now ready, we're, you're ready? Now we're you're ready to hear sleep. this? Because you don't know anything about the Yankees. You remember the Baltimore Orioles? Remember them? Remember when oh, Buck Showalter that, that, remember, that kicks our ass? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Buck Showalter, when he, was, when he first took over that team, the Yankees were going to make a trade. Do you remember that trade? Do you remember what they wanted? Do you remember? The, the Yankees wanted to ask. Who, who did they, they wanted two, two players. Two players are not even in the major leagues anymore. It was a third baseman that played for uh, an outfielder that played for the Mets, and he, he had a good season with, uh, I forget his name, and, and, and a third baseman uh, that was pretty good before Machado. Before Melvin Machado. Mora? It was, was it Melvin, Melvin Mora okay. and somebody else. They wanted, you ready to hear this? Luis Severino, Aaron Judge. And Clint Frazier, okay? And the Yankees would not make that trade. That timeline doesn't even add up. But... I, I was, it was a couple of years ago. It was Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter took Melvin over Moore the team. was out of the league when Clint Frazier was a Yankee. What are you talking about? That trade could not literally happen. Clint Frazier's been with the Yankees for six years, right? Right, but Melvin Moore has been out of baseball for like eight. Uh, meanwhile, the, the speedy, time, your timeline doesn't right, add up. Whatever the case is. I remember it was Melvin Moore and somebody else. They wanted Luis Severino. Aaron Judge, and I, it was somebody else, some another big prospect. The Yankees didn't make the trade. Okay. And it was probably the best thing that he ever done. The Yankees aren't so going no to trade. no team in Major League. The Yankees are the only team that gets fleeced. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say that. Every time a team wants to trade with the Yankees, they try to fleece them. It's, it's been that's a, what every team does. Uh, oh, my God. That's you sound not, like these morons really, I play fantasy really, with. Really? When you make a trade, you're not being fair, okay? No one makes a fair first trade. That's how negotiations work. I try to rip you off, and then you try to counter me with a rip-off of your own, and really? we meet in the middle. Really? That's how you, all trades work. Really? Uh, you yes. sound, that, that's, well, that's, idiotic. that's idiotic. No, that's idiotic. That's not true. That's not no, true. it's not. You make a fair trade. Some stupid teams try to, you know, clobber you. We've seen this many, many times. You, you're going to honestly tell me that all these trades are always trying to fleece teams? That's not true. No. It's most ridiculous. The final when, product is when never When Philadelphia to traded fleece. with Colorado for Peter Forsberg and Eric Lindros, it was a swap. Now we're talking hot. Yes, yes, because I'm going to show you how stupid you really are. Who fleeced who? Everybody thought that, that Eric Lindros. That, that was the... So you're telling me that Colorado went to Philly and said, this is the trade we want, and Philly said, okay. Yes. Absolutely. Eric Lindros there did not want no to be. There was no negotiations. Eric Lindros did not want to be a Colorado avalanche. Yep. That's fine. Yep. But what I'm telling you is there was no negotiation at all. 
The teams didn't are change you, anything. Are you sitting and you were hanging out with the, the GMs and, and obviously the owners telling them? I can't and imagine in? that being real life. Because that's... We That'd watch, be like me going. We to watch Moneyball. Hey. Did you ever watch Moneyball? I, I yeah, Moneyball. Uh, okay, All right. Have a, you watched Moneyball? A movie. A movie. A true story. I understand. A true how's story. How's that working for? Wait, what do you mean? How's it working? How's for? it working for? Or, uh, I, okay, pretty good. Oakland makes the playoffs every year. They make the playoffs every year. It's not. It's not easy to make the playoffs every year. How many times does the Mets make the playoffs? <laughs> why are we talking about the? Mets? Because it just shows you how stupid you really are. But why are we talking about the Mets? Because you're talking the about Mets Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Okay. The Yankees were too damn stubborn to call him. Because he was you the, said he, he's speedy, going to be on speedy, the West please, Coast. Speedy, he doesn't want speedy, to pitch on the East speedy, Coast. Speedy, tell Not only say, is he not on speedy, the East Coast, he's in the same state down the street from where the Bronx is. Uh-huh. Are you done speaking? Because you spoke, you spoke more than I have so far this show. So let, let's make it. Speedy, what did Max Scherzer say about the Yankee fans? He said he said that that he was not going to go there ever, ever, ever. Because forty three million dollars wouldn't he change that. Take the, okay. He didn't want to play for the Yankees. He didn't want to play for. The he Yankees. did not no. want to play for the Yankees. Right. He was no not one's going, ever said that. Before. He was. He waved didn't the Yankees. Did you say Cliff Lee said that too? He waved. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff Lee, Lee did, did say that. Yes, yeah. Cliff, Cliff Lee, Lee did, did say that. Yes. You know why? Because Yankee fans are so fucking stupid. They talk shit about his wife. Yeah. So guess what? Guess okay, what? I wouldn't come here either. All right. And did Cliff Lee ever win a championship? He did. Yes. Did he against two? No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. lost two he, World he Series. He never won. He lost back he to never back won. with the Phillies. He never won. But he was a great playoff pitcher, though. He was a great playoff pitcher. He never won. You go. Yep. He, no, he never won. He won a World Series before that whole thing with the Yankees. Okay? So he did. He won one with uh, Philadelphia. No, he lost to did the Yankees with Philadelphia. No, he came the year after. They lost to the Yankees that year. Then he went to the Mariners, and the Mariners traded him to the did Rangers. Did he win a championship before that? No, he lost two straight World Series. He, went to, he was coming from Cleveland, that's right. Yeah, they went to the ALCS and lost to the Red Sox. They blew a 3-1 lead. And then that's they right. lost the World Series with the Rangers against the Giants. That's right. uh, Carl says, meanwhile, Speedy, how are the Broncos doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not great. I know. And uh, the Cubs didn't fleece the Yankees for Chapman. Yankees got the player, better players yeah, long term. Absolutely, absolutely. And and and, and, they, and honestly, that was actually a fair trade if you really look at it. Chapman helped them win a championship, and the Yankees got Glaber Torres. So they, it, it was a good clean swap. That was a fair trade. So you shaking your head, yes, that was a fair trade. That was a good trade. You just nobody said fleeced the team anybody. Was trying to fleece the Yankees. No, no, I, Meanwhile, you were bragging what, three weeks, three what, months ago what, that. I said that a team. We got do, Anthony Rizzo team, for nothing. Team, teams do try, and to we fleece. got Joey Gallo teams for do, nothing. Teams do fleece the Yankees. We've seen it many, and many Andrew times. Andrew Heaney was a giveaway. What, what do you mean, Angie? Uh, Andrew. Andrew Heaney? Yes, the he, Angels paid us yeah, to take. Listen, it. and you want to know something? A lot of Yankee fans like to attack Brian Cashman on some of these small little trades that he makes, and he makes these small little trades, and they actually work. Andrew they Heaney actually, sucked. I, yes, that was one move that didn't work out for him. Joey Gallo hit a buck sixty here. A buck sixty. He had a buck sixty everywhere. He still hit fifteen home runs for the Yankees, and he was a big part of the Yankees oh. making the playoffs at the end of the season. A he was big a big part. part. Yes, big yes, part. yes. And he's thirty-eight home runs, and he won a Gold Glove. They're in the market for a center fielder because they don't have three outfielders. But he's a big. No, they part. don't have a true center. They don't fielder, have a true right. center, they don't. center fielder. You know why? Because they brought Joey Gallo in because he's a Gold Glove athletic. First outfielder. of all, if you know what the Yankees and were doing, the Yankees are why don't they shopping just put Joey, Joey Gallo. Gallo at first base? Oh, what are you, an idiot? Why? That's where Texas put him. No, he's not a first baseman. Well, that's where Texas. He's a Gold him. Glove outfielder. His best years were at first. Why base. would you put a Gold Glove outfield 
to to outfield or to a first base position. That is a stupid move. Why? Because you're going to pay another Gold Glove first baseman 180 million dollars? No, because you're or not. Or do you pay, just want Freddie Freeman's name? You got Joey Gallo, Gallo for on still a small, very affordable contract. Keep him and use him because you're going to fight injury this year. They're going to have a lot of injuries like every other team. So you have an extra outfield that could give you 30 something home runs you and 100 RBIs. No. They are looking to trade him, but they and also they, they are looking at Suzuki. They're looking at Mullins from mm-hmm. from the Baltimore. Brian Reynolds from the Pirates Brian, too. Yes, Reynolds from Brian the Pirates. Would be nice. uh, they are looking at a bunch of players, and they, they'll probably make a move when this lockout is over. I expect the Yankees to make moves, but Yankee fans pouting because they didn't get Max. Scher- he was pouting. never. He was never coming here. It, I don't. He care. was never. I don't care. They didn't sign him. I care that Brian Cashman didn't make a simple phone call. To the best oh, and by the way, free agent Jeff, pitcher on the market. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> Jeff says no one wants to play for the Yankees. Ask, uh, ask Clint Frazier. By the way, and I, I will say something what Clint Frazier said. Clint Frazier, okay, I, I have a lot of respect for the kid. I like the kid. Go play for the Cubs. Shut up. Stop pouting about the Yankees because you, first of all, couldn't hit in the clutch. You you claim, you claimed uh, what did he what did he claim that he the Yankees sat him out because he had something wrong with you know his mental his eyes and his mental like that, yeah. his mental thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, his cats did something or some crap. Uh, okay, I'm sick and tired of hearing Clint Frazier make complaints. Okay, play the game and start playing baseball. When you start playing baseball and become a player, then you can talk about the Yankees and say, well, have a good season with the Cubs, play well with the Cubs, and then you can attack the Yankees all you want. But if you don't play for the Cubs and you don't play well for the Cubs, then you're going to have a huge problem because you're making you're making a fool of yourself talking about arguably the greatest sports uh, in the organization in all of professional sports. It's a dumb move by him. It, it, whoever's his agent, whoever's his publicist, should be saying, listen, dude, shut your mouth, stop complaining, and just play the game. That's Carl, that's just me. Carl says, will Frazier do anything for the yes, Cubs? He, I think he will. Yeah, I think he will, too. He'll get an opportunity. And Jeff said more than he did in pinstripes. Probably. probably. He's still going to be wearing pinstripes. Well, yeah, but <laughs> he'll probably he'll probably do more than he did with the Yankees, but we'll see because the pressure playing with the Cubs is a lot of pressure on you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know? they're not expected to. No, do they're that. not. But no, but they're trying to turn around. The what Chicago was a fans big market are. Team. We know what the Chicago fans you know, like to do. They're they're not much. They're far rough. Off. The they're rough. Chicago, New York. They're really all Boston. They're all really close. They're rough, and, and and they're rougher. And I think Chicago, the Cub fans are a lot rougher than the Yankee fans. Okay, no, we've Yankee, seen we Yankee fans are morons. Uh, no, oh. if you remember the stories, uh, there's a lot of stories that are coming out from Chicago over there with the Cub fans. Okay, and if, if Frazier stays healthy, he's going to get his chance. Did you see what they did? To, did start. you see what the Cub Ooh, fans? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Ian Happ is there, and I think Horner, the the young kid Horner, yeah, who could play Ian the Ian uh, be middle good. infield short st- or, uh, corner outfield hybrid, maybe could steal spots because I don't think Jason Hayward's going to start anytime soon, and everyone else is gone. So. Oh yeah, another brilliant Guido idea. Yeah. But first of all. <laughs> and, and Jeff says, but the Yankee fan, but hurts. The Yankee fans are telling him to shut up. Yes, he should shut up. He hasn't proven himself. I do. He All hasn't right. proven himself. Go prove yourself on the diamond and but, then talk. But we like athletes, to be honest, and we need to like. Really? It's cool to have it, somebody step up and be like, up, yeah, this yeah, is what happened. Oh, so he's stepping up to an organization no, that gave him a chance. That gave him a chance, and he failed. 
He failed. The Yankees gave him a chance to win that that le- that left and right field position. Yeah, trading they for g- an MVP is really giving him a chance. What are you talking about trading for? They an MVP? traded for Stanton to play every day in left field. Okay. No, first of all, no, they didn't. Stanton is not playing. He's a DH. He's automatic now, DH. Now, when the trade was made, he was supposed to be the everyday left fielder. Clint Frazier was going to be the everyday left fielder. Over and he Stanton. was going to be the DH. Yes. That's what, that, was, that was what the plan was. And Clint Frazier did not produce. He had complaint, complaint. He had uh, something wrong with his eye, something right. wrong with this, something I mean, wrong with that. He had hits, more yeah. complaints yeah. about everything than the number yeah, 77 awesome. and the number 7. He, he, the complaining that he wanted to wear Mickey Mantle's number. You, you're not good enough. Why are you complaining? You want to wear one of the greatest switch-hitting hitters in Major League history and a Yankee god. You wanted to wear number 7? No way the the family of the the Man- Mantle family was going to let you wear number seven. Who the hell are you? You're not Aaron Judge. You're not Derek Jeter. You're going to wear Judge. number seven. You're, you're not. Aaron Judge is a superstar. Aaron Judge ain't on those, that plateau either. Oh, my God. Aaron Judge, what, this year, being healthy, he was one of the best players in baseball. He was one of the best players in baseball. You can all shake right, your head great. no. That's great. You that's can fantastic. shake your head no. You're talking about top 100 players of all time. Aaron Judge ain't that. Uh, he's the best player for the Yankees. He's the face of the Yankees, is he not? I would say Cole's the best player, but that's fine. He's the face of the Yankees. Aaron Judge is one of the faces of baseball, okay? Right. So, so sure. being that, Mickey, who was the face of the Yankees when Mickey Mantle played? Mickey Mantle. So if right, Aaron Judge, if Aaron Judge, I'm not saying that Aaron Judge is Mickey Mantle. Okay. But All I'm saying wrong. that no, my argument's right. If if a player's going to ask to wear a guy's uh, number that's right now in retired, it's a retired number out in Yankee Stadium. The only player on that team that should even bother to ask is the player of the Yankees, the face of the Yankees, Aaron Judge. Clint Frazier should not be asking for that. That's and, fine. And, and it's fine. If it, you're it, a story in baseball, that's fine. Let him go wear number seven with the Cubs. He probably he might. Good. Congratulations. Go he ahead. Might. Go ahead. It's not going to make a difference. All I'm saying is if Aaron Judge asks that question, the answer is no to him, too. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. I'm not. But the only player on that team that should or could is Aaron Judge, not Clint Frazier, okay? Mr. I can't see in the outfield or my cat ate my homework, okay? Give me a break, okay? That guy had more complaints and more complaining about his health all season long. And he was 100% healthy. He was a healthy scratch almost all season because he couldn't play because he's mental. He's a mental case. Okay? So let him go over there to Cubs. I hope he plays well. I like Clint. This is a common thing. What? Machado. First of all, the kid never wanted to come here because he didn't like how the Yankees treated his father years ago. Who are you talking about? Ken Griffey Jr. did not want to come play here. That's fine. Yeah, he's even today still said that. I'd rather retire than play for the Yankees. That's fine. And, and, and that's fine. A lot of, uh, I mean, it's becoming a very... And I've uh, heard a lot of good things about the Yankees organization. That, that, of course, because the Yankees take care of the people that the Yankees like. But the Yankees also have stories about treating players like garbage. And we've heard that like. about Boston. We've heard about the... But I'm with the Red saying. Sox, Johnny Damon has said some complaints about the Red Sox. That's fine. Uh, Pedro but Martinez you, you said something. And Manny Martinez... Manny... Wanna... Uh, Manny um, Ramirez. Ramirez, he said some crazy things about the well, Boston Red Sox Boston organization. But it doesn't matter. I know, but what I'm saying to you is the Yankees didn't have this shit going on while they were overpaying for players. Now that Brian Cashman ain't forking over the big Steinbrenner bucks, people are starting to go. He's ah. spending money. I don't know what they're talking about. No, but they're, come on. You can't tell me there's not a drastic difference. In You're the second in the league with salary. In payroll. Yes. Yes. All right. So I don't understand why the, not second. the the Dodgers and Mets are the, the, one no, and two. No, the Yankees are and second. The, Red Sox, the Yankees are, are in second too. right now. If you go look at the payrolls, the Yankees are second. After the Mets off season, 
Yeah, the Yankees they, are still second. They're still second. Yes, and the Rangers. Yes, the Yankees. No, the Rangers. Okay. The Rangers aren't there yet. Everyone else is young. The Rangers billion dollars. No, but the, the Rangers wanted to spend a hundred million dollars just this offseason. Right, but and that, not just one off of two plays. They didn't really spend a hundred yeah, million. Not only that, they also purged a lot they of their bad contracts before that. I would be surprised if they somehow made a move for Correa and put him at third base. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. Uh, the Rangers. I mean, they wanted to spend $100 million. I was right. The Mets and Dodgers are one and two. Mm -hmm. Okay, and who's three? The Yankees. All right. So that just happened, all right? And the Padres are fourth. Okay, well, we know that. I mean, they they have two $300 million players, okay? So, and the Yankees don't. And and, and that's fine. Right now, I think the Yankees are positioned in a very good position to, to make the player that they want. And make the moves that they want when when this lockout. We don't know when this lockout's going to be over. And by the way, I I, I still think this lockout's going to be a very long lockout. Mm-hmm. I I really do. I I don't see it. Have we heard anything with the lockout so far? I haven't heard anything. No. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything. So that that gives you a thought where the lockout is going. It's going to take a while. Uh, and and oh, it's not the players. It's the owners. Uh, Jeff, call back after our guest. We have a guest coming on right now. Um. So. Uh, why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, we will talk. We will be talking to Draft Countdown managing partner and analyst Shane Hallow. Right? Yes. I got it. Nailed it. I nailed it. Uh, Mr. Hallow will be joining us in just a few moments. When we come back here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another show of the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, the leader of the band, Mr. Easy E, Errol Mark, Speedy Petey on the board, as always, and Tyler, a.k.a. Mothball Harrison, flying and doing whatever he's doing right now, finding uh, the mold in the walls. Uh, remember... <laughs> Remember, you can And I call agree it? to come here. That's the crazy part. <laughs> I agree on my own free will to come here. 631-672-3. Oh, wait. is the number to call. Uh, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, and uh, which is WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to uh, Britt. Uh, Giroli, who joined us, uh, MLB writer and Murrow Award winner. And we have our second guest, uh, finally, uh, another very interesting guest. We are now talking to Draft Countdown managing partner and analyst, Shane Halloum. What's going on, Mr. Halloum? Hey, thanks guys for having me. Not not too much. Uh, just in, enjoying enjoying the football as always. It's been it's been a grind this season. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks for having me. Are you a Steelers fan? I I was about to say I spot a problem already. <laughs> well, I got I born, raised, and living in Pittsburgh. So you know we, we got I'm the sorry. Steelers. I'm an Ohio State alumni. I got the Buckeye stuff. We're we're ready to go. I'm not wow. sorry. They're a good team. Great organization. It's one a good team. Uh, they're six, five, and one. What do you mean they're a great team? They're a great organization. Yeah, They've won seven championships. I meant this. Okay, year. that's a great organization. Well, no, ben, it is. Ben's like fifty year. years old. That's probably why. I oh, mean, seriously. whoa! You can't. Say, how old are you? I said Ben. Big Who's Ben. Ben. Oh, Big right, ben. right, right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I mean, uh, he needs to. He needs to go. So, why don't you tell the fans uh, how you got your your job over there, uh, doing the draft countdown, and and, and being a, a, a draft specialist? How how did you become a draft specialist? 
Just just like anyone, I was something I started writing about the draft back in 2004. So I've covered um, covering the draft now. This is year 17 for me um, covering the NFL draft, and um, you know, writing around, kind of hopping around, trying to get my name out there. And, and I, I landed a job at Draft Countdown back in the mid 2000s with Scott Wright. Uh, it was one of the first NFL draft websites back in 1997. He started it. Um, and so he's moved on to some other things and myself, and my partner, Brian Bassarge have taken over the site. And, um, you know, I have up there, uh, my 2021 rankings, seven round 2021 mock. I have 2022 rankings, uh, 2022, 2023 rankings, uh, and a seven round 2023 mock draft. And then I have 2024 NFL draft rankings and a three round 2024 mock draft. So, um, you know, a lot of people, this past weekend, we're wondering where Bryce Young is going to match up in that 2023 draft, and have been coming over and checking that out. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, and we, we just launched it again this August, and it's going well. So why don't we get into the draft? Obviously, this coming draft, uh, this kid from uh, from Michigan, Hutchinson, is just playing unbelievable football right now. Comparing a lot of people comparing him to JJ Watt and his ability. Uh, the kid from Oregon, who everybody is the predominant number one pick. I can't pronounce his name. Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Thibodeau, yeah. who everybody keeps saying that is going to he's the predominant number one draft pick. Um, are you surprised that this year's draft is predominantly all these defensive linemen and cornerbacks? Or because we've seen the last couple of drafts, it's been offensive line and offensive players the last two years. So, what are your thoughts uh, of Hutchinson's Thibodeau and uh, the first five picks of this year's draft? I, I think they're both really good players. And Hutchinson, I think the thing that's going to kind of tip him, even though he's already getting that number one buzz, really tip him into, okay, this guy can play. He's going to be the combine. 6'6", 275 pounds. He's going to work out like a guy that's 245, 250. He's that athletic. I think that is something that a lot of people just haven't known about him until that Ohio State game, and he kind of broke out. Be like, whoa, you know, this guy can play. He got hurt last season. Uh, so I think if you have a team like Detroit, Hutchinson uh, – Michigan high school kid going to the University of Michigan, you know, it'd be a natural fit. I still have Kayvon Thibodeau as my number one player. I just think as a pass rusher, he is unbelievable, was the number one recruit in that class, uh, and has that just that first step is unbelievable explosiveness that's really hard to stop. Uh, against the run, he leaves a lot to be desired, but that's not why you take a guy in the top five. Uh, and I do think it's going to be very defensive heavy. Uh, it's been since the uh, Courtney Brown, LeVar Arrington year back in the early 2000s, since we've had two defensive players go off the board in the first mm-hmm. two picks. Um, so this is probably going to happen this year. Um, and, you know, we might see Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, go in the top five. But I think we see Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, uh, up there. You know, it's cyclical. We have these offensive uh, drafts, and then every once in a while you get this defensive heavy these guys have stayed in school. Uh, I think the COVID year also had some offensive players not playing as well as they did. It really favored the defense, and that's kind of swung back to this defensive draft. So one of the trends that's actually very interesting is the wide receivers because the before this year, there were three straight years where a lot of those receivers were high profile and they didn't get drafted until later. 2018, it was Calvin Ridley. who was some of those best receivers, didn't go to 26. Then 2019 with Metcalf and... Uh, A.J. Brown and guys like that, and nobody went to Hollywood Brown with the Ravens at 25. And then this year, all of a sudden, they go back to it. Jamar Chase, 5. Devontae Smith, 10. Jalen Waddell, 6. So do you think the receivers are going to become more prominent again this year with a a pretty good class of receivers this year? I I think it's pretty good. We don't have that that Jamar Chase kind of player, 
but you have um, a lot of outside receivers. The 2021 class was a lot of slot guys outside of Chase. You had a lot of guys in the slot, smaller, you know, um, could do different things. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, Terrace Marshall, you know, those kind of players, Rashad Bateman. Um, I think this class has, you know, you have Traylon Burks, who's 6'5", mm-hmm. 230 pounds, who can run a 4'4". Um, you're going to have Jamison Williams, who from Alabama, transferred from Ohio State, that that's kind of – Henry Ruggs on steroids and, you know, is going to be going to be a four, three player at six, two. So I I think it's tough because I don't think we're going to have that top 10 pick maybe of a receiver, but I do think from 10 to 32, we could see as many as five or six go off the board. Teams just need more weapons. We look at the Packers, you look at some of these teams still just haven't drafted one when they could have, they're probably going to go after it this year. So every NFL draft, we see a team kind of make that, well, we didn't see that coming trade. Obviously, Pittsburgh did a few years ago when they traded up for Devin Bush. Um, the Bears love to move up and just give away draft picks like, you know, they grow on trees. So this year, do you think there's going to be that team that's kind of 20 to 32 that trades up to get their quarterback or their wide receiver or just a random player in the draft? Or do you think that this year is going to be very static with draft picks? It's a really good question uh, because I I think this could be more of a static year because we don't have those quarterbacks. That's usually what drives the trade-ups, right? And this year has maybe a number of guys that are probably going to be first-round picks but aren't, you know, top 10 picks. How do you balance that? Does a team – you know, really have a guy that they like a lot. And so they do want to move up. It could happen. Um, I think it's more likely if we see a team move up, it's probably offensive line this year uh, because there's not a ton, you know, it's not, it's not a super deep group, um, but I think you do have a couple first round picks. Uh, you know, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, I mentioned before, six seven, three hundred sixty 360 pounds and abs- maybe the most dominant player to me in college football. I mean, he's just so good. So if someone could move up, you know, you need a left tackle, you need a bookend, let's go up and get this guy. Because after him, I think it really, you're talking about small school, upside guys, and, and that, that's just a little bit tricky. So if I, if it was my guess, I would guess maybe we see kind of a weird position like that. Um, maybe you see a team make that move that's lacking a little bit in the office. Maybe Baltimore, I think, could be an interesting team that could move up that's maybe is one piece away in that offensive line that's just really broken down to try to pull that offense together. As you guys know, we are talking to Draft Countdown managing partner and analyst Shane Hallam. Uh, Shane, uh, there are two New York teams. If the season were to end, we'd be drafting four and five, the Jets, and the Giants drafting six and seven, which is unheard of in the top ten. And then you have the Eagles having uh, – they have uh, three first-round three first round draft picks. It's ridiculous. You can rebuild your team right now for, for the Jets and the Giants. You can rebuild your team in the, in the, in the first – you know, your first top 10 picks. So it, it, right now on your draft board, uh, being that the Jets are drafting four and five and the Giants drafting six and seven, who do you have the Jets getting and who do you have the Giants getting? So I, I think a lot's going to depend, obviously. You know, of course. You know, it's always about what falls to those guys. But I, you know, I think if you're the Jets, um, there's a, a big opening as to what you can take there because they really have holes everywhere. You drafted your quarterback last year. So I think a, a guy like Neil – uh, to kind of bookend with Mekhi Becton and have just these two massive offensive tackles mm-hmm. would be, I think, really interesting. And then I think, you know, edge rusher is something that they need. Um, George Karloftis from Purdue just declared he's a player. Purdue doesn't usually have these big off defensive players, but he's a player that's been really successful since his freshman year. 270 pounds, can play five-tech stand-up, three-four backer, can 
even, you know, he can kick inside. He, he, he really plays all over the line and has had some dominant games with a defense that's pretty bad. So, um, you know, I think he's a player that would be really interesting for them. I think, I think the Giants also kind of have those same needs, which makes it tough. Uh, if this sticks, I think the Jets could end up sniping the Giants on some of these players. Um, but my next offensive tackle is Charles Cross from Mississippi State. The Mike Leach offense is predicated on the quick pass on passing. Cross is an excellent pass protection guy. I think the Giants, uh, that has been one of the worst things for them this season, has been protecting Daniel Jones and trying to get that going. Um, and and so I, I think uh, if, if they don't take him, uh, one guy that really fits, maybe you even do go back-to-back offensive line for them, yeah. is Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, yeah, we who's going to be, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe 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 the most athletic um, interior lineman, him and Creed Humphrey, who's playing outstanding, just lighting guys up, taking two guys, getting to the second level. So I think uh, he, he could go, if he goes in the top 10, I think a, a center has not gone in the top 10 since 1968. So it would be uh, pretty monumentous if he does. So uh, you mentioned you were an Ohio State fan. We actually had an Ohio State fan on the show last week, too and Garrett Price. Obviously, they took a uh, took the loss to Michigan, and now Michigan is in the college football playoffs. So uh, what do you think went wrong this year for Ohio State in those particular games, even the beginning of the season when they were struggling as a whole? And do you th- what do you think is the upside for them going forward and also for Michigan in the playoff now? Do you, do you think they're a legitimate threat? So I think Michigan is a legitimate threat. Um, I, I think they're going to play a close game with Georgia, especially with Alabama, right in the book a little bit. So I think Georgia matches up well with Michigan, unfortunately, in terms of owning the line of scrimmage. Both teams are good at that. But Michigan doesn't have those weapons like Alabama had. I think Georgia's exploitable in the secondary. So Georgia, uh, Michigan's got to play good defense. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson can have a good game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Michigan maybe has a shot, but it's tough. Uh, Ohio State, it is line of scrimmage. It was the big problem against Oregon. They couldn't win on either side of the ball. And then it's Michigan. Uh, usually this is a team with a first-round pass rusher. They, mm-hmm. they don't have that. You know, a team with, you know, linebacker you they don't have that the offensive line they have two guys on the left side top 100 picks nicholas t frere the left tackle and thayer munford the left guard but that you know they really couldn't get it done hutchinson and company so i think i think it's i think ohio state's going to be one of the better teams in college football next year uh, obviously um but uh, they're you know they're only gonna lose uh, i think three or four starters on their team so that should you know be some consistency there did you adopt the bulldog <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's, it's cur- I'm really curious what kind of dog that is. We love that, dogs it, here. He is he is a dachshund. So oh, my dog. father there it is. My father used to breed uh, uh miniature oh, dachshunds. Yeah, miniature dachshunds. Of course he did. Yeah, I, I actually I actually um we actually had a kennel when I was a kid of ten dachshunds, uh long hair and short hair dachshunds that we raised. Um and uh I've been around dachshunds my whole life. So, uh, is it is it a miniature or is it a long dachshund? Uh, long dog. I think he's 70, 75% miniature, so he's so okay. he's a longer one. But he is, you know, as they all are stubborn as, as all hell. So. They can hunt. I'll tell you that they can <laughs> they hunt. They are good hunting dogs. They yes, they are. German good dogs. Barking dogs too. Yeah, German dogs. Yeah. Got. Yes. Um, so obviously we're talking about you know college players and everything like that, and. We were talking about the draft, and you say you're, what, four years down the road? You're in 2024 already? Yeah, yeah, I have I have a three-round three, three round mock of these uh, current true freshmen. All right, fantastic. This year, specifically, because obviously, you know, we can't really get too far down the road with this. Is there a guy or a couple players that could go in the third, fourth, fifth round? Because we're seeing a lot more of these later round players becoming all-star, bona fide, studs 
You got a few of those like hidden gems scattered around in this draft. Yeah, I I, th- I think there's a, a handful of guys. Uh, I always look at the receiver position. I feel like that's always one where we get maybe one of those, you know, Terry McLaurin types that mm-hmm. gets drafted third, fourth round, does well. A player that's not getting a lot of buds that I think should is Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, you know, who has been Desmond Ritter's favorite target, 6'3", 213. Um, I think he was verified as a 4'5". And so, you know, he's he's a good, really good player, really physical player. I think he's one of those that kind of can come in, third-round pick, win the job on the outside, do really well. Um, so he's definitely one of those players on my board that, that I always want to kind of tick up higher just because I think he's a good, um, a good player. Uh, I think one on the defensive side of the ball that is interesting, probably not a name a lot of people know, Dominic Robinson is an edge rusher from Miami of Ohio not a team that produced a lot of talent, but he's 6'4", 252. And uh, I've just watched every game I've watched. He's just, he absolutely just dominates like everyone. And so usually at the FCS level, you know, that's, uh, that's good. And I'm like, okay, that's what you should do. But even, you know, in the Mac, it's, it's not always consistent and he's doing it. Um, so I think he's a player that people really should start to get on board with. If your team ends up taking him is, uh, is very worthwhile. And then uh, one corner I'll throw out there is Jalen Watson, cornerback from Washington state, 6'3", 204, big kind of press cover man, which a lot more NFL teams are starting to get back to uh, with some of these smaller receivers. So I think he's a, a pretty good player that can press, but has fluid enough hips. He can kind of turn and run. So Jalen Watson, name to remember as well. We are talking to draft countdown managing partner and analyst Shane Hallam. Uh, Shane, uh, we've been hearing a lot about this Stingley kid. Okay. Uh, this, some people say he's the best player in this year's draft. He's a bona fide Jalen Ramsey, bona fide Darrell Revis. They think he's a complete shutdown corner in the NFL. This guy is going to be a bona fide star once he walks on the field in an NFL uniform. What are your thoughts to Stingley and where do you think he falls? I personally think he's a little bit overrated at this point. And it's not that he's a good player, not that he won't go top five. I think the workouts are going to be great. Six, one, 200, four, three, you know, it's going to be like, Oh, this guy's great. But you watch him as a freshman, true freshman. He, he was dominant. He, he was who uh, people are talking about. Um, he was covering guys that were two, three, four years older than him. Very fluidly. He looked like he really understood the mirror. He was doing a lot of film study. You watch him this past year before he got hurt. He even watched him last year and he wasn't playing as well. It seemed like the mental side of the game was kind of passing him a little bit. I don't know if it's an effort issue. You know, I don't know what the issue was, but he would read wrong routes. Um, he would kind of play off a little bit and not, you know, bump and use his physicality. Uh, the, the makeup speed that he, we know he has just wasn't there. He wasn't getting back to the receiver on the ball was in the air. So I think there are some issues with his game. I don't think he's the perfect prospect people want to put out there. I think there's a chance he's not the first corner off the board that Andrew Booth from Clemson could go ahead of him. So I, I think Stingley um, is going to impress this offseason. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think he might be a little bit overblown. Uh, maybe sim- similar to Patrick Sertain, who's having a great season with the Broncos. But, you know, people had as a top five guy and fell, um, you know, a- out of the top ten. I think that's it could be what we're talking about here. So from uh, LSU – player to an LSU coach now. They make a big splash of Brian Kelly. We saw the USC get Lincoln Riley. That's not a big splash. A lot of, a lot of, no, I, I, that's an I, expensive splash. I know. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm advocating for Never it. Never going to win with that guy. It's a, yeah, it's a, sure. it's a flash. It's a flashy <laughs> hire. So of these carousel of coaches that have gone around college football, we just saw Oklahoma bringing Brent Venables from Clemson. Um, 
what is there one hire that stands out to you as being like the best of the bunch and maybe one of the bigger ones that you think will crash and burn? I, I, I hate to just, I guess, kind of write what is uh, what seems like the biggest one. But I think Lincoln Riley, the, the Southern Cal, is easily the best. Uh, he was a top five coach in college football before that move. And to get a top five coach in college football to come to your program, I think, is tremendous. Uh, and I, I understand it from his point of view. He didn't want to go to the SEC and the school said, you know, screw you. We're going to take the money. Well, he, he can walk right out too and go to the Pac-12 and maybe have an easier time. I just think when you have a guy that's produced number one overall quarterbacks in the NFL draft as consistently as he has, you know, you can't deny that. And their true freshman quarterback there, Jackson Dart, has been exceptional and fits this offense. So, I, you know, I think that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be one of the best. Um, you know, I'm a little bit scared, even though I like him as a coach, uh, Billy Napier going to Florida. He's saying what what should be right, you know, that he wants to kind of take his time with recruits and hiring coaches and get it right. And that sounds great. But Florida has lost half their recruiting class in the past week. They're down to 66th overall with the likes of some of uh, Toledo, I think, in recruiting rankings. Like it's it's getting bad, like it's burning already. And you have to do something to kind of repair that. And so I definitely have a fear. He could just get himself behind the eight ball roster wise and just be stuck. So these coaching moves are obviously to get the, well, not in Florida's case, but normally when you bring in a new coach, it's to help get better recruits. The And every Eight years, there seems to be this next dynamite quarterback kid. There was luck. Then they kind of tried to put Trevor Lawrence in that light. Obviously, it didn't work. Then there was obviously Elway and Peyton. Obviously, the next gem is Archie Manning. Archie Manning's by far the best high school quarterback in football. Probably the best high school player right now in football, if I had to take a blind eye at it. And that family's royalty. How do you think Archie Manning will do? And do there are reports that he's better at this age than both Peyton and Eli were at that age. Should we believe this hype? Is he going to dominate in the college ranks? Or is this just a kid that's set up for failure? I think it's tough. I mean, it's a tough situation, I think, to have that name attached to you, to have these expectations. He's so going to Bama, isn't he? Is he going? That? He hasn't is decided he, yet. No, he's going, I heard it's Bama is like one of the lead teams. So. Yeah, I, I mean, name a team, and they have offered him, yeah. you know, and he's gone to – when my, my favorite was when he went to, to Ole Miss, yeah. and they had – so they had Eli Manning Day, and they put Manning in the end zone. Uh, not for him. It was for, you know, his uncle uh, just to celebrate him. But, you know, uh, these teams are going all out. I, I, I think he's good. I think what he brings to the table that obviously Eli and especially Peyton did not was athletic ability. You know, Cooper Manning – was the most athletic of the three and, mm-hmm. and got injured. So Arch Manning has some of that. He can run. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's, you know, he's Daniel Jones. Like he can pick up and move and run for a long gain. And um, I think that's exciting. You, you see his past. Do I think he's as good as maybe the recruiting is, uh, you know, I've watched some of his high school film. I don't think so. Uh, you I know, I, so I don't either. think he's heads and tails above Malachi Nelson, who's now going to Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the name has pumped him up a little bit more maybe than he is. So I, I'm scared the expectations are a bit high. I, I agree with you. We are talking to Draft Countdown managing partner and analyst uh, Shane Hallam. So, Shane, we look at the draft, and, and, and there's no bona fide superstar that you could really say, oh, that guy's going to be a bona fide superstar. In, in, in the last couple of years, has there been a player – 
in the last two drafts that really stuck out to you that was drafted later in the first round or later in the second and third round that really has really poked at you and said, wow, I, I didn't think he was going to be this good? Uh, you know, there, there's always players that I think emerge um, that maybe, I, you know, I, I didn't think should go there and then they turn out to be much better than you expected. Um, you know, you know I'll, I'll say from, you know, from that kind of 2020 class, um, you know, I really liked Justin Jefferson. You know, I thought he was a good player. I had him pretty high on my board, uh, but, you know, I wasn't sure if he was just a slot guy, if it was going to be this kind of dominant performance. I mean, watching him week in, week out, he is just may- maybe the best receiver in football. I think you can make an argument, even if he doesn't have the size of DK Metcalf or, you know, it doesn't have the years under him. He's just breaking records left and right. I, I really did not think he would be, um, better than the, the top of that class. I, I had Jerry Judy above Matt C. Lamb above him. I, I just think Justin Jefferson has done uh, unbelievable, and I, I was I was surprised to see him, especially come out of the gate and do that as a rookie. What he did last year, Elijah Moore. What did you What did you think about the Jets getting him in the second round, and how do you think he's performed really in the second half of the season? I I, I was a fan. Um, I had him rated as a late first, early second round pick, so I thought it was appropriate for them. And one thing I was kind of wrong on, I really thought he was going to be this electric slot receiver, going to be excellent. They've actually been playing him more these past three weeks outside, and he's been better. Uh, so to me, that, that, that says volumes about his ability to be able to get off the line of scrimmage, to be able to beat a jam, something he did not have to face at, at Mississippi. Um, that he's doing that for the Jets now. I mean, that's a huge step because if you have a guy at that size that can beat a physical corner uh, off the line of scrimmage, I mean, he's got to be really tough to stop. I, I think his best years are ahead of him. Um, you know, if, if Zach Wilson can can live up to expectations, I mean, it could be end up being a really good passing game. Before I get to my question, uh, Carl says David Montgomery is better than I thought, and Jeff says Arch to LSU going to happen, and naturally in all capital letters, Zavin. Well, he, if he goes <laughs> if he goes to play for Brian Kelly, oh watch out. Uh, so so Shane from the, from both the fantasy perspective and also the draft perspective, the running back position now is kind of being in terms of a feature back kind of died out, especially with injuries now to a lot of the top running backs. Dalvin Cook's now hurt. Derrick Henry, his first big injury now, he's probably out for the season. Christian McCaffrey, two years in a row. We've seen it with a lot of different running backs. So what is the strategy in your mind from a fantasy perspective when it comes to that? And also judging the draft down the road, are you going to see these guys be first round picks or even second round picks anymore to the same level? I, I think I think you see why a lot of these running backs are falling down the NFL draft board because you know, one injury can put them out. And we don't even know if Cam Akers is going to be able to come back from the Achilles. Like, you know, that's really all it takes. Not any football player, but at running back where you take those hits, I think it's an issue. The, the 2023 draft will be the big test. We have Bijan Robinson out of Texas. He's going to be on that Saquon Barkley kind of level. How high is the team going to take him? That's going to be really the interesting piece. Uh, I think from a fantasy perspective to me, it is about, you know, you, you kind of have to take your shot one guy early. Um, so, you know, but hey, if it was Derrick Henry, it, it didn't work out or Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey, right? Yeah, I think you have to take a shot early. And then I just really like to gather a lot of these backup running backs because at this point, I think in the future, a couple of them are going to hit. Even if you took some guy that that's backing up Joe Mixon or whatever, you know, that hasn't gotten in. If you drafted some of these backups, you drafted Alexander Madison. I mean, he's winning, winning your games. You drafted Javante Williams. That's half, you know, that is working out for you. I think it's almost 
throw a bunch of things at the wall, draft these backups. And when, when a guy gets hurt, then fantasy wise, you can plug in your RB two and you're good to go. So I like get one solid RB one and then really just throw the rest of the wall. And my receivers are great. Every other position's great. And you can win that way. It's funny you say that I took Nick Chubb one and I didn't address my running back again. <laughs> so obviously we're talking about running backs. I believe right now, if the MVP should be given out to the fair winner, it should be Jonathan Taylor, and I really don't think there should be an argument made for that. Who is your MVP? Stop. I, I could argue stop, that right stop, now. Stop. Stop. Rod- I know. Aaron Rodgers. You love Aaron Rodgers. I, I get it. 26 He's touchdowns the best and four interceptions? What are you talking about? If it's going to be a quarterback, you go back to Tampa Bay. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Tampa Tom is waiting for listen, his MVP. Listen to this idiot. So, he, wait a minute. Don't listen to him. He's an idiot. Don't listen to him. Hear that? Don't listen to me. Don't listen but to him. Don't listen to me at all. He, he, he attacks, he attacks your Pittsburgh me. Steelers. Don't listen to him. I, I've, I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you, I've been dead on about your Pittsburgh uh, yeah, Steelers. You've been dead on, all right. I have. Dead. I said they'd be the eight. word is dead. Said, that's about it. I said they'd be below 500, and that's what they're on pace to do. Dead. <laughs> so how was I wrong? I think anyway. they're above 500, so that would that would. They're 6-5-1. and one. You're going to lose this weekend. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Hold on. 6-5-1, and one and they're in a playoff race. What are you talking about? They'll end below 500. You're, you're an idiot. Go ahead. Ask they the They will question. end below ask 500. Ask the question. <laughs> Who was your MVP in the NFL at this point in time, and why? I mean, I I, th- I think it is tough. Unfortunately, I guess I think I do have to go Tom Brady uh, right now as the MVP. Um, and I think I think Rogers Taylor. I I think it should be more in the conversation. I even think you know Kyler Murray missed a ton of weeks, but when he's been in, he's been electric. So I really think it's kind of a three person race: Brady, Rogers, and Taylor. What Brady's been able to do this past game, where they just like. Just give up on the run. And just not play the it. Falcons. Give me a break. Uh, I sure, mean, but... anybody can throw against that team. Give me a break. <laughs> He's done it all year. Oh, give me a break. All year. The last three, I'll, I'll, the last I'll three take, weeks, I'll he hasn't looked good. Brady. He hasn't looked. He looked great, great last week. So yeah. you're wrong again. He played it. The... I just told you who we played, you idiot. Jesus, man. I, I, I. I By listen, the way, AJ Terrell gonna... is having a freaking amazing. I'm season not taking shots at Brady. If if you want to put Brady there, that's fine. But uh, when you have Aaron Rodgers, 23 touchdowns and four interceptions, and he and he's right now playing on the best team right now in the NFL in, in a lot of people's minds, I'm going with him. That's just my opinion. And he was the MVP last year, so he's done it back-to-back years. It just shows you what he does with the least amount of talent around him. Anyways, uh, we are talking to Draft Countdown managing partner and analyst Shane Hallam. Uh, so with the NFL going the way it is, and, and you see – how the Eastern, the, well, the AFC, I say the Eastern and the West, but the AFC is fallen, and it's just, there's no predominant real superstar team. I mean, the Patriots have played well this year. They, they have, especially in the second half. They've played very well with a rookie quarterback. The pressure is going to be on the rookie quarterback in the big game. That's going to be a huge problem uh, going into a playoff game against some of these top-end defenses. When your thoughts of the AFC who do you think stands out as the beast from the AFC? And, and really, in the NFC, the predominantly very top-heavy NFC, who do you think is the beast in the NFC? So I, I think for the AFC, and, and I think this extra week has maybe even made this, you know, we're not even there yet. Yeah. Like, I think a team can still get hot and really take it. Um, and. Yeah, I think to me, honestly, I when I wouldn't have said this five, four, you know, five weeks ago, but I think the Chiefs are back to that 
status in the AFC, mm-hmm. right? Like getting crushed by the Titans and mm-hmm. getting crushed by the Bills. Like, okay, this team's done. But that defense, they've made adjustments. They've stepped up, you know, beat the Packers in a low-scoring game, um, you know, dropped 41 on the Raiders. Like, I, I think the offense isn't quite there, but I feel like it's going to get there, right? right. Like, we still have some confidence in the defense is actually coming together, which is what my was my biggest worry. So I, I think the Chiefs – like, the Patriots are going to be good. I, I don't think Mac Jones can carry them if they get behind. Either do I. So, I think the Chiefs to the AFC. And, and I'm with you on the Packers. I mean, I think the Packers have that balanced defense. If they can get, um, you know, some of the injured guys back, which should happen later in the season, um, then I, I think the Packers are probably the best team in the NFC. Best defense but, uh, Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Uh, I will say this. Yeah. And this this gives Aaron Rodgers a really good opportunity. If he can get into the Super Bowl, I, I I think there's a very good chance the Packers win the Super Bowl this year. And my favorites of winning the whole thing before the season started. I had Tennessee, Green Bay, Green Bay winning the Super Bowl. But Tennessee losing Derrick Henry, they're not going anywhere. And A.J. Brown, his injury, uh, he hasn't been the same player this year because of injury. They are going to get into the playoffs. They could be the predominant number one seed. They really could. That's not saying much because they don't have any running game. And I don't trust their running game uh, to take them where they need to be. So it's going to be crazy. It really is. So I want to ask about your Steelers because Big Ben making an announcement this is probably going to be my last year with, with the Steelers. Whether that means to retire or not, that's another question. He's but what, is, what do you think is the best approach for them? Because this quarterback draft, like you were saying earlier, isn't really the flashiest one. There are a couple of good names that maybe could be developmental guys. Obviously, Kenny Pickett would be the local product for the Steelers if you want to take a pick guy right away. Uh, is that the move that the Steelers make? Do they maybe trade for a – maybe they gamble on – maybe next year's equivalent of a Carson Wentz or something like that, or and wait till the following year. What do you think is the best approach for them? I'll say what I think is the best approach is probably not what they will do. Uh, I, I, I do think that they need to blow it up. Uh, you know, I, I do think that they overachieved last year. I think the worst thing that probably happened to them long-term was to win those 11 games in a row because mm-hmm. it made them look a lot better to management than they were. Kevin Colbert, the GM, is probably going to retire with Ben. I think that's been the goal to kind of push for the Super Bowl and – Next year, they have a lot of cap space when they've been pressing up against it. Um, so I I would blow it up. You know, I would let uh, you know a lot of these older guys go. I would retold the, the back end of the defense um, and, you know, re- try to keep this offensive line, keep building that. You have weapons. I don't think depth-wise they're close enough, and that's been the problem. Guys getting hurt, they're a, a practice squad nose tackle from the Saints started for them last week. You know, that's not going to cut it. Right. And like they just don't have depth because they spent all the money on starters. What I think will happen is uh, the second thing that you said. I think they're going to go after a veteran quarterback. I think they're going to go after a Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Like, what what can they give up? They're not shy about giving up draft picks um, to try to kind of piece this together while they still have uh, TJ Watt and they still have the weapons. I, I don't know if that's going to work. Probably not. But I think that is probably going to be their first look. Um, they have they have probably been the second most interested team in the the incoming rookie quarterbacks. Kevin Colbert has seen four of them in person um, and which is second only to George Patton of the Broncos. So I, I do think that they are looking and that could be, could be a possibility, but uh, I think they're going to get a little greedy and go for a veteran. So since we're going to bring up the quarterback carousel, there's a lot of names that are being tinkered with. Cam Newton will not be a Panther next year. I don't think Sam Darnold's going to be a Panther next year. Yeah, he will. Deshaun Watson will not be a Texan next year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's all, I I mean, I think he's out in San Francisco. Russell Wilson's basically telling people, I'm out in Seattle. Enjoy me now. 
while I'm still here because I will not be here opening weekend next year. That's not what he said. Well, people are coming out saying that he's already agreed to the Broncos, the Saints, the Giants, and maybe the Eagles. So unless you know something they don't know, well. I don't know what people are saying that because there's a lot of rumors saying that he'd be staying in Seattle. And Seattle's – they're going to – Teams are going to have to give three first-round, four first-round draft picks for us. He's it's not just going to be given away. Okay? I understand he's not going to be given so, away. So uh, the, the Giants are not an organization. I'm just telling is. you, the Giants aren't an organization to give up the draft picks. I didn't and the Saints, the, Giants at all. The, Saint, the Saints are not willing to give up four first-round draft picks for him, or three first-round draft picks. So it's really narrowed down to two teams if you really want to look at it. But go ahead. Go ahead. As my host – brilliantly eloquated just now. There's going to be a lot of teams on the market. There's going to be a lot of movement, I think, this offseason with quarterbacks. Then you got the veteran guys like Kirk Cousins, like Aaron Rodgers, that are going to be kind of finding their way for a new home because I think Rodgers wants out of Green Bay too. Do you see a lot of movement in quarterbacks this year, or is it going to be, again, a lot of stagnant quarterbacks and then rookies just taking spots? I mean, I think we're going to see some movement. Uh, I think it's tough when you have guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers still under contract. Um, it, it gets tougher. Like if they are free agents, uh, awesome. You know, but it gets a lot harder to to trade for those players. You know, even Rodgers, even if he's like, I want out, I'm out. You know, like like we're seeing and obviously a very different situation with Deshaun Watson. But the, the Texans, I mean, held firm to a price that they didn't get and probably screwed that up. But, you know, Watson could be playing somewhere right now instead. So I think, I think we might not see quite as much movement as we may expect, but that does mean that there's those teams still need quarterbacks. So I think we could see some of these backups um, that maybe we've kind of cast off as busts guys like Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky getting jobs and um, well, maybe not quite Josh Rosen, but I I, uh, I felt so bad for that kid. I love Josh Rosen. Yeah. He's a great guy. He was like, I, I missed, heavily on Josh Rose. I really liked him coming out of school, yeah. but um, you know, but I think we could see some of these cast offs, maybe get jobs, get short-term jobs and someone drafts a rookie. Um, even though there isn't that elite quarterback prospect, I think you're going to have uh, five or six that teams could view as potential starters with development, kind of in that drew lock, you know, mold where maybe we don't start them immediately, but if we can sign Marcus Mariota for a year and bring this guy along slowly, I think we see a lot of that happen. I think when you look at this offseason, everybody talks about these great quarterbacks. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you were saying, that could be available. Uh, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and then uh, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. There's a ton of these guys that could be available. And I I believe cold-heartedly, because they're under contract, to give these star quarterbacks away, you're going to have to give up a lot. And I don't see any of these teams giving up their future, extended future. Like, like I said, the Giants. The Giants are not an organization that's willing to give up a, a significant amount of first-round draft picks. When pretty much Gettleman gave away so, – Gettleman – Gettleman won't be here. No, I, I understand that. But Gettleman is the one who gave them the opportunity to get two top ten first-round draft picks. They're not going to just give it away for a guy that is is not just the missing piece that's going to help you win a championship. The Giants have holes to fill, and it's not just Russell Wilson, and then they're going to win a Super Bowl. I just – they could win the division. The division's so weak. So, uh, you know, in the offseason, my last question for you is, uh, you're looking at the draft, and, and you, you you pretty much have the draft covered. Uh, you, you, you We talked about Hutchinson's. We talked about all these different – superstar players that are going to be coming out of the draft. Is there a particular player 
that really sticks out to you in this year's draft that can change um, an organization, could change a franchise for the better? I think that's, you know, that, that's always what teams are looking for. I think when we look at the, the quarterback position, I'm just not sure that player is there. Probably the most exciting guy that's going to be a late first, early second round pick is Malik Willis out of Liberty, who's gotten a lot of hype. Uh, but also had some pretty bad games against bad competition this season. And so when you have a guy that's, you know, 6'1", 215, that has that Cam Newton mold of being able to run and run guys over on the defense, like that, I mean, if he hits, that could change a franchise, right? When we see these kind of, when we see a Lamar Jackson hit, it, it completely changes around that. And so I think Malik Willis is probably the, the quarterback that I'm going to be looking for the most, like, where's he going to go? Is it going to be a, a Sean Payton who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and can turn this, mold of you know lump of clay like he did Taysom Hill like you can turn Malik Willis into that plus turn him into a superstar you know or team's going to kind of stay away and say this is way too risky I'll take my Kenny Pickett and my Sam Howell and get my old school quarterback and I know what to do with um so I you know I, I think Willis could be that franchise changer if he hits and if he gets drafted too high, then franchise changer in the other way when you draft him too high and he just busts. So my last question is actually going to be from uh, one of our fans, Jeff, who has a very good question. Lots of quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. So any predictions on Max Johnson, Quinn Ewers, Adrian Martinez, and Errol's boy, Spencer Rattler? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think Spencer Rattler is going to end up at Nebraska. Um, he's taking a visit there. Mark Whipple, the pit offensive coordinator, going to Nebraska which I think is a huge get. And I think um, you could even see him transfer with some of his receivers, Theo Vice, Jaden Hazel, uh, Hazel was going to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think Theo Vice is one that had a good connection with him. Um, so that's my prediction for Rattler. Maybe that can turn him around. Um, could be an interesting system. Um, Quinn Ewers, like, I think he'll go to Texas. I really want him to go to Texas Tech. I think it would be a lot of fun, um, you know, with Zach Woodley, the uh, office coordinator coming from Western Kentucky. I think would be fun, but I do think he ends up in Texas where he was looking at to go originally anyway, uh, and ends up starting there over, you know, what little they have. Um, Max Johnson, you know, we don't have much to go off of now. I'm going to guess South Carolina. Uh, They're a team that likes to bring in transfers. Uh, He has a little bit of connection to that staff and probably wherever he goes to his four-star brother is a tight end uh, who decommitted from LSU. So it could be a team, you know, kind of getting a two for one there to, uh, to end up with him. Um, ultimately, and Adrian Martinez, uh, I don't think it matters. Uh, I feel like he's been in college football for 50 years and he's never <laughs> been good. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll say let's, let's put him on, um, on like Colorado state or something somewhere really crappy. It'd be nice. So I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've been, you've been saying a lot about how you liked a guy late. You liked this guy early. What's the best pick or in the fifth and sixth round and you were like, Hmm. I really like this guy, and when he hits, and what was the pick you had going in the top ten, and you're like, this guy's a not miss, can't miss, and then ultimately he was a bust. Oh, so, you know, I, um, and I I swear I have the proof to back it up. I have an article I wrote a year before he actually went undrafted. That's James Robinson, the running back for Jacksonville. I compared him to David Johnson. Um, right before his senior season, I thought he was an, an excellent prospect. I was floored when he didn't get drafted. And then going to Jacksonville was a good opportunity. Obviously, Urban Meyer has not been very kind uh, to James Robinson so far. So, you know, I'm hoping either he gets out of there or finds his way. Trevor you know, Lawrence to, just dug up for him today, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, which thankfully, and you know, um, but uh, you know, I thought that was, you know, he, he's a guy that I was a really big fan of, and that one really worked out. Um, and then, you know, a, a top 10 guy that kind of busted out that I really liked. Um, there's definitely been a couple. I mean, you know, Josh Rosen's got to be up there as a player that you I thought would be, I thought would be, a, you know, a good quarterback and, and just, you know, I, I wasn't even sure if he'd be a stud, but I thought he'd at least be a good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even play for more than a season, um, you know, was, was pretty bad. So Shame, yeah. that was one. Kevin White, remember him, went mm-hmm. to Chicago from West Virginia. I liked his athletic ability, kind of top well, receiver. Late, late breakout, yeah, receivers don't always work out if they didn't do anything early in their college career. So uh, there's there's definitely a couple up there for me. Last quick question. Devin Kirkwood, uh, he's a friend of the show, good friend of ours. Where do you think he gets drafted in a couple of years? What kind of player do you think he is? Yeah, um, so, you know, at, at UCLA, I think that defense has kind of sprung up in, in a decent way. Um, and I like I like his length. I think he has long arms. I think he's pretty good there. I have him, uh, I'm pulling on my rankings, but I think I have him as a, a third-day pick at this point. Wow, okay. It, it's, it's super early, um, yeah. but I think he's a draftable prospect with with some upside. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interested to see where his career goes. Devin, you heard that, bud? Shane Hallam has your third-round prospect. You need to get back on the field and keep pushing, buddy. We need to get you in the first round, bud. Uh, Shane, tell the fans how they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Shane P. Hallam. Uh, you can also find at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for all of my work and uh, can definitely point you in the right direction. Check out my podcast, um, Draft Countdown Podcast, wherever you get your podcast is NFL Draft-based and the Debbie Marketplace podcast for Debbie Fantasy Football. So I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a really fun time. Absolutely. We'd love to get you back on uh, in the very near future. Maybe right after the playoffs, we'll talk about the draft and get ready. Actually, we have a draft We have a draft show during the draft. Maybe we'll get you on the draft, unless you're going to be at the draft. Are you going to be at the draft? I, I, I won't. We'll be, we'll be live streaming on my end, but we can, All right, so maybe, uh, can maybe we I can, can pop on. So yeah, maybe we can pop bit. on for both of us and, and talk a little bit about what's going on in the draft. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. We really do. No, thanks, guys. Absolutely. We were just talking to Draft Countdown Managing Partner and Analyst Shane Hallam. Really, really nice guy. Uh, understand, he knows the game. And he, 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 he has the draft board from... From the next four well, years, well, how people how people can watch that much football in a day? I got to give him uh, uh, what did what did Carl say there? Do a mock draft. Do with a him. mock draft with him. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. I, I I definitely would love. Oh, those mock drafts were great. Uh, oh man, I don't know if anyone remembers my mock drafts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that shit would go sideways. Mine and Jeff. Oh man, mine and Jeff's were very close. We you were, were there. Yeah, I, I was there <laughs> for all the uh, the pettiness with your uh, with your crew. Oh man. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I like the mock drafts. You want to know something? My top ten was not far off. I really oh, was our this top year. ten was never. <laughs> uh, I was pretty. I was pretty dead on. And so was Jeff. Jeff was, I think, in the first round. Jeff nailed a lot of them. I, I mean, he had Waddle going to Miami. I did not. I think I thought Miami was going to go after an offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, I think but, I had Devontae Smith to Miami, so same idea, different player. <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember he, Jeff was pretty pretty dead on when it came to the draft. He really was. And, and we were very, very alike. I mean, I picked before him, and he was like, he's like, stop picking, stop picking the same picks as me. Uh, he, he, he thought I was cheating on his card, but I wasn't, <laughs> you know. But uh, 
you also had Javen Collins, uh, Javen, um, Javen Collins, Javen Collins uh, being a top and uh, prospect, and he's turned out to be a really good one. So, uh, um, and yes, you were on point too, uh, Carl, and a lot of, of your picks too. Uh, he was good too. Carl was really, really good as well. Thank you, Jeff. He has arrived. Jeff, what's going on, bud? Dude, that guy is actual greatness, bro. He was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was good. That guy is actual greatness, dude. Like, I've followed him before. He's super fucking good at what he does. And, and uh, Speedy, I want you to write to him and make sure that uh, he knows we really appreciate him joining us. He had a lot of fun with us. I know he did. He was laughing. <laughs> Carl says, quitty pay, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 differ, I differ from him in some areas about some players, but, like, you know, it'd be splitting hairs. But he's, right. he's on it, man. He's, he's good. He's really good. He really was. So what would you like to talk about, bud? Actually, two things. Mm-hmm. Well, the draft, because I love the draft and I love that process. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, you guys were talking Clint Frazier earlier, mm-hmm. okay? And I don't – this isn't, you know, taking a shot. But, Tyler, you have a beard. Speedy has a beard. Errol, you have a beard. Part of what Clint Frazier wrote on Twitter – was he's gonna love leaving the Yankees because he can leave his razor at home? How much do you th- how much do you think their stupid facial hair ban? Uh, you know, like listen, where it's twenty twenty one. You know, going into twenty twenty two, everyone has a beard. It's very trendy. It's a fashion thing. People like beard. You know, how much of that is hurting the Yankees right now? Who was it on your show that said Bryce Harper was not going to go to the Yankees because of that, too? I thought it, uh, there no, was Guido somebody. Price said some stupid like <laughs> I saw that. something like that. I heard the same thing I on mean, your I, show. Listen, you're, you're saying it's stupid. But well, no, I mean, because uh, there are other factors why Harper wasn't going to come here. But, it, I mean, did it play a role? Probably did. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's well, stupid. I don't know why they do it. That's more the problem. But that's more the problem than anything else, though, Tyler, is what I'm saying. If it plays any role, it's detrimental, right? No, I, I agree with you. I think it's stupid. I think they should get away with it completely. But George followed through it, and and, and that's the, the 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 way the Yankees did everything. They did it with. But the they Mickey... don't do anything else. How George did it? What What are you talking about? They're not as aggressive as George was, so why are you keeping George's mentality? When about George some was aggressive, bringing in free agents, it never worked. They won one championship being aggressive, like they were in free agency once. Well, they won they've one won championship. zero their way. Uh, that's fine, and and that could change very soon. You have no idea how baseball falls together, and a team could get hot. We've seen this. Look, the Braves won a World Series. Did anybody thought think going really? into the year? Yeah, a no, lot of going into the year, yes, but yeah, they kind of embrace an underdog role. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't think the Braves were going to be as good as they were in the second half. Listen, I I just think that dumb dumb rules like that mm-hmm. that only one one team fought like adopted, right? Like. Beards are a trend, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. has a beard now. Name it. You know, like, it's kind of silly that you're still making, you know, this isn't the 70s anymore. You know, like, what are we no, doing right. here? I don't know. And that's the way the Yankees do things. And, and, and they're going to continue doing part it. Of Clint, because it was part of the Twitter rant that Clint Frazier went on. That's the it was, but he, he said some other things, too. So it, it, He did, but I'm just... I think he's got a point with the Razor thing because I think it's a stupid thing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, like, you, like you were saying, like if it plays any role whatsoever in the Bryce Harper decision, you know, like anytime anyone can put a negative in that column, the pros and the cons, when you're going through them and you go, "Well, that's a con. I got to shave every day. That's stupid, uh-huh. right?" Like, 
Garrett Cole. Kind of things, right? Garrett Cole was growing his beard in Houston. <clears throat> He Garrett shaved. Cole wanted to be a Yankee since he was five. Uh, Garrett Cole actually didn't want to be a Yankee. He wanted to be an L.A. Angel. Ask anybody. That's where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to his home. That's that's who he was rooting. He was a Yankee fan, obviously, but that's where he wanted. He's from that L.A. area. He wanted to play for the Angels. So the Yankees had to overpay him, but also he took he he, he took the money, and he didn't care about shaving his beard. So I understand what you're saying. You're absolutely right, Jeff. But the Yankees aren't going to change their trend for Clint Frazier or anybody. And if you don't want to be a Yankee because of that, so be it. I don't think it's going to change anybody's thought because a lot of people want to be a Yankee. We've we've seen this many, many times. That uh, I Freeman said it uh, very recently that he, you know, growing up he was a big Yankee fan. So and 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 so going back to the draft, yeah, I'm glad. You know, it's so funny because I put in the comments in the message right before he said it. You know. Uh, so glad that he brought it up too. Watch out for George Karloftis, man. That dude is a riser. Yeah, you brought like up Bell from Purdue too. I, I I agree with you on that one. David Bell, dude. David Bell mm-hmm. is super under. I think there's some sneaky wide receivers in this draft. I'll give you another one. No one's talking about, and he's basically the second coming of Michael Pittman. Drake London. Mm-hmm. I, Drake, didn't he, he just Drake got London. hurt though, so that's gonna hurt his stock. Yeah, great big deal. He'll heal up. He'll run four two at the combine, and everyone will love him again. Mm. That was funny what he said about Jamison Williams too. He's Henry Ruggs. He's, he's Henry Ruggs on steroids. Let's just hope he's not that in a car. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's SEC we'll speed. Yeah, it, it's so interesting, Jeff, because I, I have to say he was great. Shane Hallam was really, really good. He gave us some good. Dude, he does good work, man. He, he does really. He good really work. does, and and he he'll be a star, you know. Uh, you know, five six years from now, he'll probably be with ESPN or he'll be with CBS, and he'll. he'll... It's just sad he's a Steelers fan. Mm. And by the way, you did make a mistake. They haven't won seven championships. Don't put them ahead of the Patriots at six. Did they win? I thought it was seven championships. No, they've won six. six. They're tied with the Patriots. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Six. They won six four in the seventies, and then two. Sorry, the, the, the six century. championships, yeah. but. Uh, uh, you know, they're a winning organization, so you really can't say anything bad about the organization. And and right now, they're still in the playoffs. No, I'm just picking on them because I don't want anyone to be ahead of the I got you. I got you. So, um, obviously, what you were saying, Jeff, uh, with, you know, obviously with baseball, what are your thoughts with the lockout right now? What, do you think that this is going to be a fast-paced thing, or do you think it's going to be a lot slower like me and Speedy believe it's going to be? I Listen, I believe this is going to be like any other lockout, right? That – Nothing is going to happen. Zero is going to happen until the end of February mm-hmm. when everyone's sitting around and the owners are going, fuck, I'm going to miss revenue. And the players are like, damn it, I'm not going to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Because while guys like Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole and those guys don't much give a shit, mm-hmm. the, the other 90% of the players need their paychecks. Yeah, the other thing, too, is the free agency discrepancy. Not even just big market versus small market, but the players that are especially like not as priority positions, like a corner outfielder or something, maybe first base, that are like, more easier to replace. They're not getting paid either. So, like, do, you th- like, like, do you think the majority of the league is getting paid what Garrett Cole gets paid? Or do you think the majority of the league, and I'm just going to use one guy as an example just because I know uh, – a guy like Matt Joyce, mm-hmm. who gets $3 million a year. And listen, that's great money. But you're in California, and you're getting hammered with taxes, and you just had a kid. Huh. So um, 
you know, $3 million after you pay your agent in taxes is like a million dollars. And that's still a bunch of money. But, you know, it also gets scary when your bank account is just emptying because you have mortgage payments, because you're putting food on the table, you're doing things. Guys like Garrett Cole aren't going to give a shit. But, you know, come March 1st, there'll be a deal. Uh, I, and I will say this. By by Saturday, Show Walter will be signing with the New York Mets. Just so all no. you Mets fans know. Yeah, I read that. Uh, I, I he, will be, um, he will be the new Mets uh, manager. I, he he just left the, the Mets very impressed. I, I believe that is their number one pick. And, and, and I think it's a good fit. Uh, he, he loves New York. Uh, he want you know his family's from here. He's from he lived you know during the off season. He lives in New Jersey. I think Buck wants to be back in New York really really bad. Uh, he's been working with the Yankees for the last season, and I think that's where he wants to be. And I, I think it's a good move for the Mets. A short move. I, I think Buck three four years, and then you move on from Buck. But but uh, Buck could he could bring it to the problem. He's never won a, 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 a World Series. He's taken he's built teams, and then they they go, he goes on. His way, and those teams start to win. So we'll see what Buck does. So he'll build the Mets the for Mets. three years, and yeah. then the new manager will take over and win a World Series. Probably. <laughs> I mean, that probably will happen. I mean, but it, it, right now with the with Max Scherzer being there, Max already came out and said that he wants Showalter as the manager for the Mets. Uh, when you have a, a pitcher like that, and a, you know, a superstar pitcher coming out and you know, you know, vouching for him, I think that's a good sign for the Mets. I think that's where they're going. They're going to go with the older. Manager, and I, I think it's a good fit for them. I, I really, uh, the whole Ram, uh, Rasmus or something like Bro, that, Ross, yeah. uh, or, or any of these other guys. I mean, I also heard somebody wanted to, the Mets to interview Carlos Beltran again, and and I yeah. think I well, Houston's bench fired. coach is another one too. Uh, Espada. I realize the uh, I realize the off season is on a pause, and there are still a lot of free agents out there, and yes. whatever. But. I think to this point, you'd have to say the Mets have won free agency. Um, them or the Rangers? I think the Rangers done very well. I mean, uh, I, I think they overpaid their players, but I, I guess that's what they're doing this off season. They underpaid players the last season, and now they're overpaying players this always, season. But that's always what the Rangers have done. Do you, Do you remember how dislocated your jaw got where when you first found out Alex Rodriguez was getting yes. two hundred and fifty million dollars, two hundred and seventy five million dollars with the Rangers? <clears throat> which well, was whatever, it, whatever. <laughs> think at that time, it was yes, fifty or whatever. But like at that time. Everyone's jaw hit the floor. Yes, it was a really big they, contract. Right. Yeah. So that's what the Rangers do. They overpay and they'll sell Corey Seager for prospects later. But they to... did you hear what they said? That they spent only fifty million dollars that they planned before the offseason. They wanted to spend a hundred million dollars this offseason. So they're not done. I, I, and I, I believe that they're they're out there uh, shopping and, and they're they're gonna spend more money. And so are the Mets. And, and I, I said this to the Yankee fans because I was on a Yankees chat today. And some Yankee fans are, you know, most Yankee fans are sitting back and saying, you know, wait until the strike is over or whatever you call it, the lockout. The Yankees are going to make their moves. And I believe they will. I think Yankee fans. I'm sure that they, I'm sure that they will. They but, will. You know. They will. I, I just, in, I don't see know. See in the end of February. Yeah, we'll see. I, I honestly I, I think the Yankees really need to cover what's going on in their bullpen. That should be their number one priority this offseason. Clean up your problem in that bullpen because it is a huge problem. It's been a strength of yours forever. And this year, they were one of the worst bullpens in baseball. From one of the top five bullpens in baseball for like the last 30 years, they've been 
This year, I think they were ranked 26th, 27th in bullpen. It doesn't get it done. If you want to win a championship, that bullpen has to be 110%. That's where I think the Yankees need to clean up their problem this offseason. Spend the money. Go after four or five bullpen arms, or even three. Clean up that bullpen, which has been uh, a disaster for the last year and a half. So they also need to make it modern too. It's too wide and guy has one role too. They got two pitchers that I really like: Loisica, yes. who I think is is really good. I think he could be an eighth or, or even a closer. I think he could be a closer. Loisica has good stuff like that. Um, and uh, I, I still like Chad Green, who I mm-hmm. think. Could be a seventh inning guy, a sixth inning guy. Very important piece. He could be great if Boone doesn't bring him in every time. Um, there's a little bit of a hit. I think he's inconsistent. Yeah, he's been like that his yeah, whole career, but he's, he's still he's valuable good. because of the versatility. You need that in today's game. And <clears throat> you're going to keep guys... Chapman. You're going to keep Chapman because he has one more year left on his contract. He, sure. You move him to the eighth inning if that's where where you think. You go after two or three good bullpen arms and you'll be set. I, I think that's where the Yankees need to really make a decision when this strike in this lockout is over. There's a lot of good bullpen arms available. A lot. One of the ones I wanted the Mets to get, at both at the trade deadline and obviously this offseason too, because it was a big rumor, was from the Twins, Taylor Rogers, who's closed before. He's been a stretch reliever at times, could pitch two innings at once. Lefty, but also has good splits with righties too. So yeah. that's a name to watch out for. I wanted the Mets to get. I mean, they probably won't now because they spent all the money. but They'll I mean, spend money. They're not done. I, I, I've been reading that the Mets are still... Uh, interested in spending a little bit more money. I I, I do believe the Yankees are going to spend money. I think the Suzuki kid, it, it's definitely logical for them. He's a center fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hits for power. He's a good defensive player. Uh, and he's young. And and the Yankees have a lot of, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, overseas money? What do they call that? International money. Interna- they have the most international money right now in baseball. And they haven't used it. So... Uh, I, I could see... Because the... it always works out for the Yankees no, I'm just when saying... they get the Japanese no, You're not kidding. Well, uh... Matsu, uh, uh, Ichiro, Matsui. Uh, Matsu, Deki Matsui was good. Uh, Hideki Matsui he, was good. He's the only one. Uh, no, uh, Kiyagawa Blue. Kiyagawa uh, was. Kiyagawa they didn't give him anything. Wong had two, three good years. Hideki Arabu was. Chingming Wong was in Japan. Best. He was Korean. It's overseas money. No, he wasn't. He was in the league. He was part of their farm system. They didn't oversee. They didn't pay him overseas money. Kiyagawa sucked. Kiyagawa yeah, he was the blue. only one. Chingming Wong was average at best. Ching-Ming Wong. Ching-Ming Wong. Well, Ching-Ming Wong was good. He had 19, mm, two 19-win seasons. All right. Before, before he was happened. running on the bases uh, in and a National is, League game yeah. and earned himself. Well, uh, right, he he didn't great. belong in the National you League. Have to, well. yeah, unfortunately, you have to do that. And I, I wish the DH was you know, implemented a long time ago in the National League because I think it hurts pitchers. We've seen this happen to uh, a lot of different pitchers over the years. It really has. So – um, but there's again, the other one. there's another one too. Uh, Hideki Matsui was good. The, the guy, what's his name again? Who just went back to Japan? Tanaka. Yeah. Tanaka was good. They should have brought him back. Uh, so, and I think that, that this kid, they they very impressed with the kid. He could steal bases. He has power. Yep. Uh, he's good, and, and he's a good outfielder. He's an all world outfielder. They say. So, we'll see. I, I also there are two other teams very interested in him too. So it's not just the Yankees, but the Yankees I'm have the sure most. The Red Sox will gain interest as the season the Yan- goes. The Red Sox don't have as much international money as the Yankees, and that's that. The Yankees have been holding on to that international money. The Red Sox are interested in him, by the way. I'm sure they are. They uh, love a lot of them players. are other West Look Coast at Otani. teams. Otani yes. didn't even consider. I heard the, Seattle and the Padres. Seattle so, is yeah. Seattle. Seattle and the Yankees are the two. Seattle's teams. a problem. Seattle and the Seattle's Yankees, a problem. but the, Seattle doesn't have a lot of international money. So that's the only thing. If a team like the Red Sox do have international money, I don't know how much. How much does the uh, – go check out how much, how much international money the Red Sox have. 
I, I don't know how much they have. But Who I, cares? They're not going to get them. I don't think so either, but they've got some international money too. Uh, the, big, the, the big market team that's really interesting that's popped up is the Yankees. So it's Seattle. I heard, like Speedy said, those, those two teams, the hey, Padres. Can you really count out the Angels? Can you really? I don't think they have any international money because of the Otani. Well, I understand that, but if Otani has any stroke, any stroke, the guy just want to. But you don't MVP. have any. You, you have to understand something. You have to have a significant internet. You have to outbid the other teams that have more international money for, than you. So if the Yankees want them, the Yankees can get them. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. They don't have to trade anybody. They just have to pay them. The Yankees actually have the same amount as Seattle right now. Really, five point four three four eight million at the, start, at the start of last season, and Seattle didn't get anyone extra that I know of. So there you go. Um, Six point four three. Actually, the the Reds, the Tigers, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Twins, and the Rays have the most actually right now. Really? Oh, imagine Tampa Bay gets them. Jesus Christ. Tampa's not. They're they're. they're no, I haven't heard Tampa's name. Bid. I I haven't heard Tampa's name. Okay, the the three teams: the Seattle, the Yankees, and and the Padres. The Padres have more than the Yankees too, right now. Five point eight. So there you go. The Padres so. could get them if they want them. You know. So there you go. I remember why Otani didn't want to come to New York. He wanted to be closer to home. That's fine. Of course. That's yeah, fine. that's gonna happen. No, I'm just saying That's that good. plays a role. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, you're gonna pay me more and. It didn't happen with Hideki Matsui. I mean, the, he Matsui came to the Yankees. didn't want to be close to home. Matsui yeah, wanted to be all right. in the bright So how do you know? We don't know what this kid wants. I'm just saying. All it right. could be a rule. So let, let's saying. let's see what he wants to do. And we'll only know until this this lockout is over. He will. He is going to a major league team. Uh-huh. We just don't know who. Uh, Jeff, I want to go into the NFL in this week in week 12. I know your Patriots won. I know you were very excited. Uh, the defense is proven to be the number one defense in football. They beat a very good defense. Uh, besides the Patriots, is there something that really stuck out to you this week that really has tur- you know turned your head uh, uh, of where uh, this playoff race is going in the NFC and the AFC? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a little chub watching Dan Campbell get his first win. Yes, he did, but I, that doesn't really affect the playoffs. It does affect things because the Vikings stink. And I've been <laughs> saying it for a long time. The Vikings stink. <laughs> and this is the beginning of the end of Mike Zimmer. It he is done. stinks. It is done. Yep. You know, everyone was looking at them as a contender because they had a couple of nice wins recently and that kind of stuff. And you, you, can't, you can't have a couple of nice wins and, and start to make a run and then lose to the Lions. You can't do it. No. And I'll tell you this, again, Goff has looked really good. You say whatever you want about Goff, I, I think this might have helped his career, him leaving that Rams team and going to a team that he's not pressured. He just he, he could develop, with, and hopefully with the, the, the draft stock that they have now, because they got two first-round draft picks, Detroit, too. We forgot about them. They have an opportunity to rebuild their team. There's a lot of good – you said – Jeff, you were saying it. So was uh, Hallam saying that there's a lot of good wide receivers in this year's draft that you can get later. I mean, Detroit, you know, there's they're loaded. There's a lot of sneaky wide receivers. A lot of sneaky wide receivers. A they're, ton of them. They're loaded. Detroit is loaded in this year's draft. Jeff, I, you know, is, the kid, uh, ever, is the kid Dotson from Penn State eligible this year? Because I like him a lot. Yeah, so. uh, yeah Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. I think he is. Yeah. I think – you know, I don't know who is eligible and who isn't. Really, you know, uh, uh, like all the way through. Okay, but I think Jahan Dotson is eligible. But again, you know, everyone talks about Chris Olave being so good. I don't think Chris Olave is the best receiver on his own damn team. Right. That kid, Darren Wilson, can mm-hmm. play. 
Olave, like Wilson. You know, yeah. we've always liked Wilson. No, but I think Jeff's right. I think Olave is more of the like the the safer receiver, whereas I think Wilson's more all around skilled. I don't even think yeah, Olave's a first round draft pick. No, I don't think he will be either. You know, but you know, there's going to be. Listen, there's. You know, I, I realize he just tore his ACL, and everyone's going to be like, "Great, he's coming off an injury," but he'll be a third or fourth round pick regardless. I think. Uh, you know, uh, but think about getting a guy like John Mechie in the fourth round. Yep. Like, you know, it, it, there might not be a, a, a you know, C.D. Lamb in the draft. There might not be. Don't tell that know, to Mike. Like that. <laughs> Don't tell him to beat. What are you talking about? I told him on draft night. <laughs> Don't tell the beat did that. I not? Did I not? <laughs> yes, you did. Right, I did. I totally did. Yeah. But, you know, there isn't, like, there isn't that high-end flashy. You know, and listen, some of these guys could end up being like that. Like, he, you know, uh, he mentioned Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Jefferson was Cooper Cup. You know. Right. They weren't considered can't miss kind of guys, but they were considered pretty good and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they can excel at the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a bunch of guys like that. I think Drake London can be like that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that David way with Bell Jefferson, too. Like I thought that way with Jefferson, too. I thought he was just like <clears throat> a safe guy. I didn't think he would never be as good as he was. <laughs> right. But people can excel. Right. But like, you know, the problem with the draft is when you see like and, you know, it didn't happen with CD Lamb, but I'm just say you know people had expectations of or you know a perfect guy i'll give you the perfect example jerry judy mm-hmm. coming in he in that draft he was like oh we, we all want jerry judy right mm-hmm. gotta have jerry judy jerry judy stinks <laughs> he does he's not right? good he, he can't stay healthy and he's not that good i really thought right. jerry judy so was gonna is, be good i really did right so so part of it is expectations Part of it's also going to be what team takes you mm-hmm. right like that's that's all part of the equation but you know, there's going to be guys that I hate to say overperform, but you know, or or I don't know, exceed stand out because of a situation. Well, yeah, I, I will exceed, say this: exceed I, expectations. Jeff, I, I, you know, as the season progressed, and I know Elijah Moore didn't have much of, you know, a preseason. I thought he was going to be a bust, and now the last three or four weeks, he's slowly but <laughs> surely, yeah. he's looked really, really good. Oh, you never thought he was going to be a bust? I, no, I, I, I really didn't. Like, I, I no. Steal of the draft. No, 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 I thought that in the but in the beginning of the season, he didn't look good. When he came in, he didn't look good. And I, I was worried that he wasn't going to but play well. But don't you see how many times you just switched your mind on a guy in about of course. 12 weeks? That happens to a lot of people. It's not just me. No, you, you, but- you watch analysts. You, how many times have I watched a, a radio show or listened to a radio show, somebody says something, but and then forget, two, three, four, five weeks later. the radio show part of it. As a fan, why would you give up on a guy? I didn't give up on him. I you just thought, said you thought he was going to be a bust. I, I, That's I, giving up on him. You didn't hear what? Again, I'm going to say it. As the season progressed, I, I was thinking that he was going to be a bust. What but does that mean? The, thinking and saying that he's a bust is two different things. And then he started playing well. Okay? Jack, listen, don't talk Don't talk. to me about some of the... Ridiculous, yeah. You guys are having a ridiculous argument about nothing anyway. Yeah, the well... The reality <laughs> is it's, it takes a couple of seasons for most people yeah, of to course. find their Of course, group. it takes three years, and I, that's what we've said, but... You know, Tyler says a lot of stupid things, and I don't say it. I, I don't really attack it. I mean, bullshit. I, I don't really. Uh, there are a lot of stupid things that come in the source. Mouth. You know, there's a lot of stupid things that come in. You don't even let me finish my questions before you jump down my throat. Because your questions are ridiculous. I don't know. Everyone says nice question, and then they move on. Mm, nice question. Suck says, let's go, Lions. Roar. Yes, the Lions did have a glorious victory. 
Snug says Olave is super Wait, reliable. Real quick, who was the only one that picked that upset, by the way? Yes, that was oh, you. Oh, thank yeah, you. That All was right. you. Oh, but I did uh, say, Olave. hold on one second. I said I wouldn't be surprised. You said about like one. every other game of the no, week. No, no, don't be surprised if. Did you, did you win in your picks this week? I bet you you didn't. I bet you you didn't. So I got that one right, and that's think, the only I, one. You're in last really place crazy. in the picks. So I'm not actually. I was third. I don't third. think any of us probably had good weeks, though. So what was what, what was the? I didn't look picks? yet. I didn't look yet. What are the picks? I, I'd like to know. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll find out tonight. I know. I know. In my picks in the Beavs League, I I dominated again this week. Stuck so. says Alave is super reliable, good slot slash possession receiver. Carl says Bears need to try to find a way to go back up the in the draft and take Olave, a great deep threat. Snuck says, I hope, oh, I heard CeeDee Lamb was a bum. Uh, Carl yeah, says, ha ha, restore on, the on, roar. Whoever, whoever is saying Olave is a great deep threat, I am dying, absolutely dying to watch Olave and Garrett Wilson run their 40s and and see what the times are because I'll I'd be willing to bet almost anything. Garrett Wilson outruns Olave. Snug says you should try to see Earl try to order food in a restaurant. By the time he's done ordering, he ends up with four meals. Actually, no. I know what I'm going to order before I even go there. So you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he, he has like his one dish. I I know what I'm going to eat, so you don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty easy when it comes to eating food and going to a restaurant. So you're the one that I'll probably order six or seven dishes, Snuggy. Okay, with your cupcakes and desserts. <laughs> yeah, Spike's got his six cupcake varieties that he'll send. Yeah, so I, I don't know what you're saying. But anyways, I, I think, I, I think when, you, when you look at the lemonade and barbecue wings, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I have. That's absolutely. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, it's one of my favorites. Jeff, you know what's so interesting about this coming, this coming year draft? Uh, there's no star quarterback that really sticks out. There really isn't. Um, and Anyone taking a quarterback in the first round is stupid. And, and, and also, another, another thing about this draft, as good as Neil is, the, the offensive line depth over the last couple of years, the last two years and two drafts, have really dominated the first round. I, I think this might be the first draft where it's not going to dominate the first round. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, though, right? Because, you know, uh, there, there's obviously Evan Neal who plays tackle, but the stre- you know, every draft is going to, you know, has, it, has its things and has its strengths and weaknesses. And while tackles aren't the thing, there's a lot of interior linemen that are good. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Amizi Ekubon or something. He's a great guard from NC State, mm. man. He'll he'll be a first round pick. Like they were mentioning Linderbaum at uh, the center from uh, yes Iowa Iowa who, yes right? we like yes he'll be a first round pick. Someone will want someone will want him on their team. Like you know, it's just not you know the sexy positions. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Conway like, just... uh, in this article from the Draft Network, Conway was top five of the offensive linemen overall. Mm. In... Right, but that's what I'm saying. But he's an interior lineman. It's not the it's not the tackle. The you know. Everyone gets excited about the six eight guy that looks, you know, that's three eighty and runs like a deer, and everyone goes, "Oh, we gotta have him." Right. No, like that kid, he's a little undersized, but he's going to be a really strong guard. I think. Well, yeah, that's a lot of the offensive linemen now. If they need some kind of mobility too, and a lot of those smaller linemen are the better ones for that now. Oh. Uh, Errol was mentioning a lot with Elijah Vera Tucker, who's yeah. kind of a, not really thought of as your he traditional guard. He doesn't look that big on the field. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But I, he moves so well, though. It's, it's rare to find for. A guard like that. Yeah. You need that kind of in today's game with a lot of motion, a lot of outside emphasis, you need that kind of thing. But I didn't realize how fast he was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
uh, when I watched him this past week and I had an opportunity to watch a couple of clips of him playing, he's very fast. Like, uh, when, when Makai Bechtum comes back, uh, that lo- that side of the line is going to be taken care of for a very long time. I, I, I struggle know? with his name. What's his name again, Speedy? It's like um, Amizé, Amizé Ekuban or something? Yeah. Ikem uh, Akwonu. Akwonu. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but him, he's going to be, he's going to be, he's a good player, you know? And it's just, you know, just because it's not mountains, you know, right. these huge guys, yes. you know, the mountain from the Game of the Thrones, doesn't mean they're not going to be good. Uh, you know, I can go, I can remember a time I had an argument with Matt Petrie and he was like, there's no good offensive line in the, in the draft. And I said, you watch out for Quentin Nelson. Mm. Turns out Quentin Nelson was a beast. Well, there's a lot of things that Matt has said that were completely wrong. Well, but no, but when you go back to that draft, there wasn't a lot of tackles. He was right. It was McGlinchey, and that was a big drop off after that. For years, Matt Matt was raving about uh, obviously Sam Darnold. Oh my God, his guys are right. But yeah, he had his Hall of Fame ticket already. No brainer. Right, but I'm just just telling you, it's like it's one of those things that's like people get stuck on the tackles. Right. Three other positions on the line besides tackle. Absolutely. And and I think the guard you know, position so. is really dominated in the league, especially the running games, the interior. So, uh, I, I, and you see it. You, you, you see it. I, I want to see a lot of these teams when they have full strength. It, it, all the year, these offensive and, linemen have been hurt. So. And I would, I would disagree with you. I think that there are, you know, while not maybe household names like uh, – you know, like people just know Spencer Rattler. Right. People, you know, know Bryce Young. Yeah. Right. Like things like that. Quarterbacks, Matt Corral, whatever. Mm-hmm. While while they might not be household names, guys like George Karloftis mm. are going to change the defense. George Karloftis could be TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Stuck says, I order at least one dessert every time. There are no first-round quarterbacks, but there could be some nice third- or fourth-round talent like Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, and the kid from Wake Forest could turn into something. Carl says, Wilson will outrun Olave, but I love how Olave tracks the ball and imagine Fields throwing it deep to him again. Mm, that could happen. He could go, but they don't have a first-round draft I mean, pick. But go, and, but go and look at Do they have a second? Yeah, I think they do. Uh, I think that's not what the Raiders trade. This is this is what's ridiculous. They love Olave, and I don't get it. He looked good last year. This year, he's taken a step back, especially his draft status. He kind of he he was eligible to be in the last year's draft. I think wasn't he? I don't think so. I think he was. I, I think he was eligible last year. But yeah, but I think Olave has turned into more of the safer guy, the shorter route running type guy. And Wilson has taken that bigger step this year when he's become a lot more complete, making those tough catches, contested catches. <laughs> And like you were saying, Jeff, the good raw speed to get into the end zone. Again, his route running, we'll see how it, how it translates into the NFL. Because, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Ryan Day's play call in Ohio State, but it definitely still could be something that the loaded, right coach. Loaded with receivers. Loaded yeah, they are. Receivers. Oh, they are. And, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll give you another guy while he's not eligible this year. That's uh, Smith and Jigba it is just as good as both of them. Hmm. Well, the kid you from know, Purdue, so, the kid from Purdue, I've been reading about him. He, he, he dude, could. That kid just catches everything. He just catches everything. I'm not sure he had a drop all year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's One's a stunningly good hands. The two, the, the number two team slayer of Purdue. Uh, Carl says, yeah, I just I, like how you fit with the Bears, not saying he is amazing. Hmm. Well, yeah, uh, you know, there's, I mean, but there's a lot of guys that could that could change a franchise. Uh, you know, uh, another guy I like, uh, it, you know, could be a first round pick, could be, not sure if he will be, 
But another guy that could change the franchise, Kobe Bryant. Uh, yeah. Said that, yeah. I, I'm the other corner, too, Gardner, I like a lot, too. He's a good ball hawking type guy. First of all, first of all, if you want to have a conversation, here's the conversation, okay? You got to pick a winner, too, Speedy. You got to pick a winner. Top three best names in college football. We got Sauce Gardner. Cavassier Smoke, the running back. <laughs> that's one. Yes. Right? That's the one. Right? I love that. Oh, right. oh, okay. How about the other unbelievable uh, cornerback in this draft from Auburn, Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday. Yeah, that is a close ah. second, but I, I, I got to go with number two on that one. Smoke. <laughs> Smoke Monday. That's good. That's a good one. I mean, dude, dude, we should just build an all, like – all college football name team because there's some dudes, right? Kobe Bryant. We'll just have Kobe Bryant. Might not be spelled the same, but it's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you, you, you. I saw you write that on the on the feed when when we were talking to Hallam, and you, you really like him. So I don't know who he is, so I can't really give you my Please. thoughts to it. Oh, I don't. I, I don't follow college football like they do. I know a lot of the players that they were mentioning. I know Neil. I watched him play. No, that's not uh, where I'm going with What this. are you talking about? Now that Kobe Bryant gets disrespected on this network. What are you talking about? I don't know Who's who he is. disrespecting no, Kobe Bryant? I don't Kobe know who he is. I disrespect the original Kobe Bryant. Uh, I don't know who he is, and I never disrespected Kobe any, Bryant. Who said anything to disrespect him? He's 19th all-time. Yeah. I, I said sixteenth, well, and 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 a lot of and the special and the, and the guy the basketball specialist he said that Kobe was fifteen sixteen too. So don't give me your crap. You don't I'd know what you're doing. Right either. Yeah. Well, and you are. You, you're well, you're just the amazing person. I, well, I've seen a lot of players who actually played the game that have Kobe at least tenth. Well, so congratulations to them because they they never got a chance to see some of the older players too. They're, so. They're basketball, but there's, but they're but my there's age. a there's a lot of there's a lot of players that could change this draft. I'll I'll give you another player that would, you know, uh, th- I you know, you guys are going to get on me for this because this could be controversial because of what happened. But you know, there's a conversation to be had about where Adam Anderson goes now, right? Mm-hmm. The linebacker from uh, Georgia, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, the, you know, he could fall in the second round. He could fall into the second round. He could he could not be drafted altogether if those rape charges are like a real thing or whatever. Right. But you know, yeah. I mean, it, but if you know, I think it has to be a discussion because I think you're probably talking about the less best linebacker in the draft, possibly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I, I think that some way he'll he'll pay off those. Uh, the rape charges, and he'll 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 get off that. I, I do. I mean, uh, but you, you'll you'll see teams kind of step away from him because they won't trust that when he becomes an NFL player that he's going to stay away from trouble. Listen, if you know if he if he manages to stay out of prison, and these kind of things go away, or it's taking you know however it gets worked out, mm. someone's going to get a first round player in the fourth or fifth round in Adam Anderson. Uh, Carl says, Jeff, I don't know. I know, I don't know if he fits the measurable of the NFL, but how good has Devin Tompkins been? Uh, Snunk says, Barkevious Mingo for another one of those names, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah Carl's asking about Devin Tompkins because that's his former student. So good oh, for you. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, Devin Tompkins is a nice player. I don't want to disrespect a guy that catches like 10 balls a game and, you know, I probably two touchdowns a game and, has over a hundred yards every game, but he also doesn't play against anybody. Mm. He so. plays at Utah State, you know. So it's like it's hard to, you know, t- taking guys like that are just going to be hard for NFL teams because you, you, you know, all you're going off of at that point are combine numbers. 
right? Because they haven't actually played real football, right? It's it's a whole lot easier to take a, a wide receiver from the SEC that has been playing SEC talent that, bless you, that, that you know, plays, you know, NFL caliber pl- uh, talent in the SEC than it is taking a guy from the Mountain West. Hmm. Snuck says, you Adam know? Anderson is an amazing talent. Hopefully his issues clear up. And Carl says he is also 5'8 also. I get it, Jeff. Yeah, yeah no, means... I, I don't. I'm not shitting on the dude. He could be Elijah Moore is you know, not that big either. He's five nine, and 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 he, he looks like he could be a really great player. So it doesn't matter how big you are. It matters how you get off the line. That really is. And and by the way, Cooper Cup, uh, he was a great college player for Cal, right? He came from Cal. <laughs> no, Cooper Cup was a FCS school, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. I'm sorry. Yeah. And look at the player he turned out to be. Mm-hmm. He know? actually was. A, he actually had a lot of records those... set there before I he, he got Cal, hurt. By the way. No, I he, did. he had a lot of records set there in that. I forget it was in that season or FCS uh, receiving records before he got hurt that year. And then he he actually might have been an earlier pick if he didn't get hurt. Hmm. I also think it's tougher though, right? When you're like you know, uh, I, I I just believe that when you come out of high school, half of your destiny is already chosen, right? Because if you were a great high school player. Mm-hmm. You go to a great program and, and you know, your name is already out there because you're a top 300 dude. Right. Devin Tompkins wasn't really like that. That's why he ends up in the Mountain West right. because, you know, people end up in that conference because they're the best of the rest, right? Like all the good schools chose all the good players. And then, you know, and I'm, but I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, you got a guy like Julian Edelman that went to Kent State. So, yeah. you know, you got Cooper Cup, but. There you know, is Leonard, those South guys Carolina are, State. Yeah. Right. Those guys are few and far between, though. Sure. I was very interested when Hallam said, when I asked him the Devin Kirkwood, where he was going to be. And it's still early. He says it's still early. He sees him as a third-round draft pick. So right. I, I made a joke because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text uh, – I'm going to text Devin tonight or tomorrow, and I'm going to say, you better get your game up, man, because their experts are, are predicting you to be a third-round draft pick. So, Well, uh, he's going to have more problems than he knows what to do with shortly, I think. Why do you think that? He's probably losing his coach. Where? Where's Chip Kelly going? Oregon. Ooh. Really? Back to Oregon. That'd be interesting. Really? That's you what think I he... heard. Oh, so he's going to jump ship. Mm. Wow, That's the same a, conference, well, no less. Well, well, but but easier, right? Like, but sure. easier because if you look at what just happened, all of a sudden, you know, hard hard to be Chip Kelly in L.A. with Lincoln Riley there. Much easier to get players uh, at a school that Nike continues to support. Mm. That's true too. I forgot yeah. about that. that. That's true. Not so, a, yeah. and with Mario Cristobal leaving to to go to Miami. I would I listen, not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, then, you know, he'll probably go into the portal and decide, you know, he wants to go somewhere else because he, he was interested in going to USC, where his mom uh, went to school, even right. though, you know, he grew up a UCLA fan. Yeah. Um, if Chip Kelly leaves, I, I could see him go into the portal and go to USC, where uh, obviously uh, Lincoln Riley is. So that could happen, too. And his mom wants him to be closer to home. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, he, well, it's not like UCLA's a yeah. world away. It's four miles. No, that's what I'm saying. He, he, you know, if, if Chip leaves, he could decide, you know what, I'll go to USC and go and play for Lincoln Riley, one of the top five coaches in college football. So 
Uh, he could do that. And it could really I, – I think he went to play for Chip Kelly because it's Chip Kelly and he's mm-hmm. going to help him get into the NFL. And that's what he – when we interviewed him twice, he said before he decided to go to UCLA, it was, it was really the fact that Chip Kelly was there and that he's an NFL-bound coach and he's gotten so many NHL and uh, college football players to make it to the NFL and succeed in the NFL. So uh, he that's why he went – to uh, UCLA. Yeah, most of the schools on his initial list when we first interviewed him in, right. in 2020 were Pac-12 schools. Yeah, it was. And the two teams that the two teams that he was looking at when he remember when he he wasn't sure if he was going to UCLA, right. he kind of took it off, took it off the he he picked UCLA and then he took it off the table. Yep. And he said it was between USC and UCLA, and then he had the you know he had the introduction again, right? He, you know, and all that other stuff, and then he picked UCLA again. He told us we were we were the first people to interview him after he decided to go. He decided to go to UCLA. The right. first thing he said, the reason why he went to UCLA was Chip Kelly. That's exactly why he went there. It had nothing to do with anything else. It, it's that Chip Kelly was going to help him get where he wanted to go, where his dreams were set, and that's well, the that NFL. might be one A, but. That might be 1A, but I'm sure there was a 1B because he could show up USC. and play right away for UCLA, though. Yes, USC, you know? USC was the other – that was 1B for him. I mean, so it was one or the other. And and I could, I could see him just jumping ship, getting in the portal and going to USC. I, I could see it. You know, but if, but if Chip's his guy and he takes off to Oregon – He could do that, too. Right, He could do that, too. He could do that, too. I forgot about that. He can go to Oregon. Snug says Mountain West is a pretty competitive conference. Hmm, maybe we could call Josh and ask him what the latest coaching rumors are. Mountain West stinks. The Lane Kiffin at UCLA so you get revenge on USC. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Oh, I, I, I'm not I, sure Lane's going to go anywhere. I, think I don't think so either. I think he was saying that as a joke. He'll be an offensive coordinator somewhere. I mean, well, Lane Kiffin well he's a ten-win season. He's not leaving. He's not going in and downgrading a position. Right, but you can you can say that. But I think Lane Kiffin was rumored to a bunch of places. He was rumored to LSU. He was he was rumored to go to some other schools. Like you know, I think most I think of them were in the SEC, is. though. I don't think they were they were downgrading. He's a good the college coach. He's just an NFL bound coach. As we can ask the Raiders. That's the that. other thing I love too. You notice how many people are ripping Lincoln Riley that should all shut up. Well, nobody's ripping Lincoln Riley himself because if they know that he's going to the SEC, you're going to have a lot of trouble as it is. I don't think they're really ripping him for that. I think it's more of will it work over there with USC and make USC that much better. Oh, he, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he probably will. But like, it's so funny that people are like, "Oh, Lincoln Riley's leaving," you know, because of the money and and because of this and because it. Yeah, he probably is. But and and you know, everyone's upset. That, oh, you didn't. Right, right, but they're also upset. Oh, you didn't tell Oklahoma beforehand. Well, did Oklahoma tell Lincoln Riley that they were just going to up and leave the Big Twelve to go to the SEC, or did they yeah, just not right. consult him? Uh-huh. Uh, been, so I, I, when I, you're when you're just going to switch conferences on a guy and his style doesn't really fit the the SEC, he doesn't really play defense. His style nope. fits the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, can you really be surprised that he left? <laughs> and also, too, the way the the season transpired for them with uh, even with the end of the season, too, with the quarterback controversy, too. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to be able to get away with that in the SEC against those tougher just overall teams as as a whole, too. Because I know, again, there are certain teams that could work with the 
two QB systems in college football, it's still not I mean, it's something you want to prioritize, especially if you don't get the defensive recruiting there, like Oklahoma doesn't really get. And again, have fun in the SEC when you're competing against a lot more defensive, notorious defensive teams for that. Hmm. It's interesting. It really is. Tyler, there was something that, that you said to me before, uh, you know, before uh, during oh, the boy. week, and you said something about Zach Wilson that was very interesting when we were eating yesterday. And, uh, <laughs> What were your thoughts? I, I'm, I'm asking. What are you laughing at? You, no, because I, I'm. You, I you find wanted it ironic. Ironic to what? I'm asking you no, what I you know, said. I know, I know, I know. I actually What's said ironic? that Zach Wilson actually looked pretty damn good Sunday. Uh, why did you say? Why did you see? What did you see that made you? He think? finally looked like he understood the NFL pace, and he finally looked comfortable, and he finally looked like the playbook wasn't a. And a Rubik's Cube that he was trying to figure it out. It still the last looks minute. like a Rubik's Cube. He's not going to be ready until next year. Well, no, but he looked a lot more confident than he did last week, any other start he's ever had. That's all you saw? Did you see something that. Well, that, really that and Elijah Moore is going to help him a lot. Well, a Elijah Moore is going to help anybody. You know, on the, and, and, I even know he's a bust. And but he's he's going to be pretty damn Hallam, good. Hallam said, you know, something interesting is that the Jets were really going to put him in the slot. He's so much better on the outside. I'm surprised you didn't ask him about Mims. You know, what? No, I didn't. Uh, there's nothing to talk about the the Mims thing because I have a feeling by by the end of the season, um, the Jets are going to move him. I, it just seems like that's what's going to happen. Uh, they'll Pretty probably, tough to do when you can't. Well, well, that's I understand, but that's what I think is going to happen. Right now, they can't, but they in the off season they can, they can move him, and I I don't know what they're going to get. They'll probably get a second round because there was a lot of teams interested in giving a second round pick for him. I just don't understand why they if, – if they were going to trade him, they should have traded him at the trade deadline. It would have made a little bit more sense to it. Uh, I still don't know if they're going to give up on him because I do remember Joe Douglas saying that he's untouchable. There were seven teams that reached out to him and, and wanted Denzel Mims. And, and I, I, I even heard that there was a team possibly offering a late first-round draft pick for him, and he said that he was untouchable. So Carl says, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Uh, Snuck says, Ole Miss seems to fit Kiffin pretty well. Carl says, anyone hear the garbage story of Harbaugh going yes, to the I Raiders? Did. I did hear that. Snuck says, seriously, in response to that, if Harbaugh wins a national title, Michigan will sign him to a 500-year extension. No, I think if, if Harbaugh wins, it's a better chance of him leaving uh, if he yeah, wins a national championship. So. That's not – but Harbaugh isn't the, the, the Raiders rumor I heard. What was the rumor? Dabo Swinney. Ooh. Really? That's interesting. Uh, Stuck says, I love the Zach Wilson pick bouncing off a dude's back. It almost made me forget about the butt fumble, almost. That's interesting. Well, Dabo Sweeney, too. I mean, hmm. Well, but Clemson. think about it. Is Dabo Sweeney going to be any good? He just lost his entire coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, that could be an interesting move. Dabo Sweeney coming to the NFL uh, from Clemson. Which I, I don't think it would happen, but that was... No, I, don't I don't think, think so, so either. either. I think he's going to take over for Nick Saban when, when, Alabama, when he retires from Alabama. I, I think that's where Dabo Sweeney's going. Uh, he might get something else first, depending on what. Yeah, but he'll up, leave. But he'll leave wherever he is to go to. I, Alabama. I think so too, because it's just a weird uh, turnaround now with with Clemson, especially with where could the ACC end up going if they're going to be in this alliance with the Big Ten. There's a lot of. Unknowns. I don't give a crap if if that job becomes available. I guarantee you, the first person Alabama's going to call is Dabo Sweeney. No, I, I get that. I'm saying I think there would be a team maybe with those rumors in mind that might overpay him just to get him, not make sure he doesn't go to Alabama. Alabama overpay. Pay him too. Trust me. Yeah, not, he, not if Nick Saban's not gone yet. Though. I, I didn't say now, but Nick Saban. How Nick Saban's going to push we on really seventy? Sure that whoever takes over for Nick Saban's still going to have that roll tide mentality. Yes, they, they, they're going to bring in an Alabama guy, and I, I think 
Dabo Sweeney is is going to be the guy. I'm telling you right now. When 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 whenever he decides, they, he's seventy. He, I think he's sixty nine, seventy. How long he's do you think? No, he's seventy years old. He's the same age as Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is sixty nine, going to be why seventy. Don't, why don't we? Why don't we? Before yeah, you like do that, right? Before you do all of that kind of stuff, why don't you wait and to see if Dabo Swinney can even win a game without Brent Venables? True. It's true too. Yeah, that's true too. But we'll see. I he listen. He knows how to recruit. And he's a good recruiter. And if he goes to Alabama, I mean, a, a top recruiting school, the number one recruiting Wait, will school. Will he be Nick Saban? Yeah, he's a good – he's a very good coach. You know? As you guys have gone over this numerous times, he's yet to out-recruit Nick Saban. Nobody out But you're not going to out-recruit Nick Saban in the ACC. In Alabama. The Clemson's got a stroke. But what I'm trying to say is here, just because he gets the Alabama job doesn't mean people are going to go, oh, it's still Alabama. No, Nick Saban is why that – Foundation is there. Alabama is the how, reason. How, how do we is. how do we know that the how do we know that the heir apparent isn't already on his staff? That's true too. It's very possible. Th- that's possible too. More likely than not. Um, there's also the Georgia well, coach. Me, What's well, his name me, again? Well, um, well smart, the, smart. Me, that could go. Mm-hmm. You know, he could let go there. Get, well, let me let me give you the connection. Right, there's a guy on that staff that's worked for the two greatest coaches on this planet, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Who's that? Bill O'Brien. Mm. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. I, I don't know if Bill. But I think Bill O'Brien's going to come back to the NFL as an offensive coordinator eventually. I, I, I do. Not, that not, show in Houston was pretty bad. I don't know. I, from what I see on Twitter a that lot, there's a lot of Alabama fans that don't Bill really Bill. like Bill O'Brien anyway. So I don't know. I don't know if they'll embrace go, it. Let's not go blaming Bill O'Brien for Jack Easterby's mess. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Well, listen, everybody says he was bad in the, with the Texans. For four years, the Texans were a playoff team. Yeah, I, I don't think Bill O'Brien he wasn't like, was, bad. He wasn't a god-awful head coach. It, 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 it was kind of like Chip Kelly. Once he became like he wanted everything, he wanted to do everything his way, then he became kind of the apparent GM type thing. That's when it started to crash and burn, kind of like Chip Bill, Kelly with the Eagles. Like, no one talks about this, but Bill O'Brien quietly did the best coaching job in the history of football a few years ago. Uh, with Penn State? Yeah. Uh, who, who else was going to save Penn State when they got the death penalty? Right. Yeah. He saved Penn State. He did. He did, and that's why, he, you know, when you look at it, that's why he got that Texan job. I mean, that's why he got that. You know? So he, he wouldn't have gotten that job if, if he didn't do what he did with Penn State. And he jumped ship pretty fast with Penn State. He was there for two years, and then he jumped ship. Right. And and it hurt. What's his name again? The quarterback that the Jets drafted because it really hurt. <laughs> Hackenberg. Yeah, it hurt its development. He was. He looked good. They, it doesn't matter if he would have been there all. Four he was years. a Hackenberg was not going to do anything. I'm just letting you know he was a top end prospect when he came from high school. One of the best quarterbacks I mean, in if, the nation. But if but if Bill O'Brien's not at Penn State, does Penn State survive the death penalty? Probably. Yeah, that's a good question. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, but you're absolutely I right. Mean, at the time, like at the time, now just go back to at the time because certainly the last few years in Houston have hurt his reputation. But at the time, he was the hottest name in football. He was. He just the was coming name. coming off running the the Patriots offense. He's the one who brought the two tight ends really into the league. I like, think he. He's the one that really, you know, brought that two tight end, you know, uh, process into the NFL. He was the guy. It, you know, Bill and Belichick. Way, right, and Penn State's kind of kept that going, too. They came to churn out good tight ends. Yes. And, and, and not for nothing, myself included, I didn't think this Alabama team was as good as they are, right? I, mm-hmm. it, from the beginning of the year, I didn't think they was going to be as good as they are. And he has really done a great job coaching that team and mentoring a young Bryce Young. 
Yeah, and, and Bryce Young is going to be a top draft pick next year. I mean, it, uh, he's going to probably be the number, the predominant number one pick if, if he plays the way he played this year. He's probably going one next year. You know, so uh, again, we don't know because you know it, each year can change everything. But if he wins a national title, I mean, you're going to be talking about another Alabama quarterback going in the top three. You know, again. And it hasn't really worked out, uh, A.K. Mark. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> by the way, uh, well, we're – is playing better. Saturday, Sunday we're doing a play-by-play for Kansas City and Buffalo. I think they're playing this this week. I need you to produce it. It's going to be me and Mark on um, something like Peyton Manning, Eli Manning from a company. I forget what company, a pretty big company. Uh, they're, they're doing a semifinal final thing, play-by-play, um, color, and, uh, you know – Play by play guy, and me and Mark are going to do it, and you're going to produce it. So Sunday, Kansas City, Buffalo, I think it is the game. They he picked the Kansas. They played. They played already this season. Whoever it is, Kansas City. Whoever's playing Kansas City this week. The Raiders. The Raiders. Not Buffalo because Buffalo's playing Tampa. All right. So who's Kansas City playing? The Raiders. Yeah. Is it the Raiders? Yeah. All right. So that's that's the game that we're doing. Kansas City, the Raiders. So. uh, We're going to be doing the play by play for that. Uh, They're going to have somehow we're going to be on there. You know, they're set up and all that other stuff, and they're going to have the, the game going on while we're doing a play-by-play. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. I mean, uh, but anyways. Snoke says, hashtag fan the beef. <laughs> that was inevitable. <laughs> oh, beef. Oh, Carl says, uh, Mark picked the team with the most Bama players. Probably. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, the Raiders do have a lot of them. You're right about that. He just told me we're doing a Kansas City uh, Raiders game. He got to pick. I told him, pick the game, and uh, we'll do the play-by-play. I'll, you do the play-by-play. I'll do the color. You know? That's it. And there'll be a bunch of people watching it on the, the, this. Co- I forget what company it is, but um, they're doing like this semifinal final thing. And the winner, I, I think the winner gets the opportunity to do it for next year for the full season or some crap. And, and they asked Mark to do it, uh, obviously, because they like Mark's Alabama TV show. And he asked me to be his color. So uh, we'll be doing the play by play on Sunday for that game. So Alabama. I'm so sick of hearing about Alabama. Uh, <laughs> you just wanted them. You just wanted them dead, Jeff. And then you could have. Oh, but then we've had Notre Dame in the playoff. That would have been just as bad. Dude, if they had beat. First of all, that was like that was the national championship was theirs if they won. Mm-hmm. You would have seen. You would have seen Michigan play Cincinnati, and you would then you would have gotten Georgia Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Right. And and Notre Dame's a mess without their coach, mm-hmm. right? That would have been a whole situation, right? And uh, I, I think Georgia's going to beat Michigan anyways in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, but, no, th- That's going to be Alabama. Alabama has got an easy easy way to the NC the the NCAA championship. If they're play, they're playing Notre Dame too. They're playing Cincinnati. I don't know about Oh, they're playing Cincinnati. Who's yeah. who's it? Notre, Cincinnati. It's that. Michigan versus Georgia and then Alabama Cincinnati. Yeah. Jeff is saying if Alabama okay. lost Notre Dame would have gotten in cuz Oklahoma yeah. State lost as the 5. And no none of those teams are beating Georgia. None of them. You think Georgia wins the national championship still? If no, well, uh I'm hoping so. <laughs> I, I you know, listen. Listen, I, uh, you, know, I got, you know, I'm going to say this and everyone's going to get mad and be like, oh, you're a piece of shit for saying this. But, I mean, now that John Mechie's hurt, I, I think we can do it. <laughs> I'm picking Michigan. 
I think Michigan's going to shock oh, the world. They got no chance. They got no. They're, they're they don't have any offense. The yeah, Georgia. they don't have any offense, and that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, that front seven's going to be a tough match for that run game. I, I don't know. There's something about this Michigan team. If they if they do beat Georgia, I agree with you. I think they'll beat the winner of the other game because then I feel like it's kind of an inspired thing because they're playing for the uh, the victims that they got shot down there. They scored 42 points in the Big Ten championship. They finally beat Ohio State. There's, then there's maybe something going with that team, but no that one, is a tough no matchup on be- paper. <laughs> Everyone should be rooting for Georgia. Right? Yeah, I know. They could beat Alabama. One person, yeah. Name one person that likes Michigan that hasn't become completely insufferable now that they're pretty good again. Right? No, no, I, 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 I just person, hold on. Every I, Michigan person has completely morphed into the. I am not a Michigan person, know. but I, I just thought that this, this was Michigan's year. I just there was something about this year that told me that I thought Michigan was. This was a special year for them. I, I don't know if it had no, anything to do with the. You're missing what I'm saying. I got what find you're saying. Somebody, find somebody that likes Michigan. Like you're, you're just like, oh, I like this team this year. You're not like a Michigan guy, right? Find me one Michigan guy that hasn't completely turned into the biggest piece. Of Carl shit you says know. I am not. Calm down, Jeff. So Carl says I am not. He, I guess he doesn't. Oh, is he a Michigan person? He's yes. a diehard Michigan person. Well, he can person. go fuck himself. <laughs> Shots fired. He, he he says I am not, and I don't think he believes Michigan's going to win the national championship. But I, there's just something about this team this year. I graduated from University of Michigan. That's what he said. Carl said. You know what's interesting, too, is because now there's the layoff of the three weeks between now and the Only actual the college football playoffs. And Michigan is riding a lot of this momentum right now. How much will they lose with that with that kind of gap? Whereas Georgia and even Alabama to an extent, because they didn't even play their greatest game against Auburn the week before, now get the time to like to reset and be able to get the coaching advantage there. Not that Jim Harbaugh's a bad coach, but again, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, they've done better jobs, I would think, throughout their careers. And- you know, not for nothing, you were talking, you know, go, kind of on subject, but skipping back to the draft a little bit. You guys, you know, Errol, you're in love with, with Hutchinson. Yeah. You know, as a, as a Patriot fan, you know, we have Matthew Judon on one side. Yes. I, you know, not for nothing for me. Hey, you want to let Ojabo fall in the draft? I'll take Ojabo. I, I like Ojabo kind of better than Hutchinson, I think. Mm. Interesting. I think Ojabo is a player, man. Well, you've been. I think he, I think he's way underrated, way underrated. And nobody's saying that he's not. And and I think Hutchinson, I, as much as I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL, and it looks like he's going to. I, I think people overrate. I don't know if he's a top two pick, I, a top five pick, but a top two pick. I mean, I, I think you you obviously the Thibodeau kid. He he's going right. one. I mean, you have Neil. I, I'm very surprised that. Uh, he didn't have the LSU cornerback as a, a top. Yeah, that was player. actually interesting. Stingley, uh-huh. I was very, I was yeah, very he surprised. He might be, he might be slipping to like the six through ten area. Really? Yeah, he'll probably go to the Eagles. He'll still be out. a top ten pick. Like uh, he's not going to yeah. play ball. The Eagles like, are not going to pass on Stingley if he's there. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think. I, I don't think, think the, the Giants, Giants are. Jet, yeah, I don't think the Giants, Jets, or Philly would pass on him. Right. So and be, you know and if you know I realize the season doesn't end right now, but if it did. What you know, the Jets pick like four and five, and the Giants pick like six and seven. Yeah, I don't like, think right. they will. I, I don't. If the Jets, I think the Jets go after a corner and a pass rusher, or an offensive lineman and a corner. They're going to go offense, defense, or 
defense, defense. That's that's right. where I think the Jets are going. And there's also the three the three teams at the top too. Again, if if Jacksonville somehow leapfrogs Detroit and ends up being the number one pick, then maybe they t- maybe they take a pass rusher and Detroit takes. Stanley. I could see also the Jets trading down on one of their picks and getting like 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 let's say the Eagles because they have two later. Later, yeah, if they want to steal something from the Giants for the second straight year, Jets. sure. You know what I mean? I could see the Jets trading down and getting two first round draft picks. Darius Tony's going to be a player, Speedy. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't referencing Kadarius Tony. I was referencing Devontae Smith. And remember, they had to trade back first before Kadarius Tony. Yeah, you want to know something? Devontae Smith doesn't, you know, Jeff was right. Devontae Smith might not be a good player in this league. He's had a decent season. Not a yeah, game. decent. Yeah, okay. He hasn't been great. No, he's not Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase is going to be Rookie of the Year. So you know, you, No, he's not. Mac Jones is going to be Rookie of the Year. Name yeah, me another Mac rookie Jones that could lead it. Mac Jones is Rookie of the Year, whether he throws three passes in that game or not. Mac Jones has his team the number one seed in the East. And by the way, argument against Jamar Chase, why don't you go look at the numbers since everyone loves numbers? You know who's a rookie that's got better numbers at wide receiver than Jamar Chase? Jalen Waddle. In the beginning of the season, he didn't have that, though. He's getting a little better now. No, 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 no. Currently. Currently. Better numbers. Go ahead. Go compare them, Speedy. Let's see. Currently. So Jalen Waddle has four touchdowns, 86 catches, I mean, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is playing. I don't know if he's rookie of the year. I don't know about that. Maybe. He's definitely one of the top three, but I don't know if he's rookie of the year. I don't I mean, know. He's quarterback, and his team is the number one. I understand that, but that has a lot to do with their defense, too, and you know that. Catch rate 75.4 yeah. for Waddle. I'm just looking at the numbers. I mean, they're not rookie of the year numbers. I mean, Jamar Chase is gonna have. He's got almost a thousand. He's gonna have a thousand yards this week. He's got eight touchdowns. Jamar Chase is rookie of the year uh, to me. Eight touchdowns. He he's got five or six more games. He's gonna have twelve, thirteen touchdowns as a rookie. Okay, and he's gonna have over thirteen, fourteen hundred yards. He's rookie of the year. He absolutely yeah. is working. It'll, Chase, it'll a rookie Chase quarterback has, more, uh, has a team as the number one seed in the AFC. Did you not? Nine hundred fifty-eight yards. Eight Again, touchdowns. it's not going through your head. Here's what it sinks. It's not because of Mac Jones that they're there. They have a great running game. They have three tandem running backs that are and the absolutely fin- have a great running game. Uh, and a great hold on, and, a good coach. and their 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 defense is the best in the league in every st- single statistic. Every single secondary, front seven, everything. And when you look at that, Jamar Chase is going to have 13, 14 touchdowns. And he's going to have over Matt 12, Jones. 1,300. Okay. You want to bet? Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Nothing Let's to make a do bet. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. I'll bet you. How much you want to bet? Let's bet, big mouth. Put your money where what? your mouth is. Do I believe the Put voters? your money where your hold mouth on, is. Hold on. Put your money where your mouth is. Simple-minded people no, no, no. will put Jamar Chase because he's flashy. Put your money where your mouth is. I don't think that he will not win the award. That's not flashy. Put your it's money where numbers. your mouth is. That's right? fine. Those are good numbers, but, but Jalen Waddle has better numbers, doesn't Jaylen he? Jalen Waddle has more catches and a better catch rate because he catches the shorter passes, and Jamar Chase takes on the number one corners whoa, a lot of the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do that. Don't be an asshole. Catches are catches. Let me see. I, I don't know what Jalen Waddle's Now, I'll, I'll give you that fair, Miami did misuse him in the beginning of the season. Of what happened? And, and, yeah, exactly. How many of those and weeks were without his starting quarterback? No, no, no. I'll, but, give, you, I'll give you he was misused at times. He's but had again, a good they're season. Not gonna, they're not gonna, I, better than I don't know Chase. how much they're going to factor that into Tag voting. Viola for how many weeks? All right, that's fine. He doesn't have better numbers than Jamar Chase. He just, He doesn't. Well, how many it's yards are separated by? It's how good. Many yards? Like it's 958. It's 958 to 849. 
Yes. And, that, and, and, and like eight to four in touchdowns. Eight touchdowns to four touchdowns. So, so the difference touchdowns, is 100 right. yards touchdowns over 10 games. So he's got 10 more yards a game. And, then, and, and by the way, he's got 20 more catches. Well, maybe Jalen Waddle could be in the talk. but And, and Jalen Waddle is the only guy on his team. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins also. Play. And by the way, J- Joe Burrow is a better passer than Tiger Bailoa. Right, so who's really doing more? Well, I, I agree. My uh, Miami's misused Waddle so who's because really he's doing more because no, no, he's gotten seven yards right, of catch a Jeff, lot of the you're time. You're right, but, but they're gonna if Jalen Waddle if if Jamar Chase winds off this season with 1,300, 1,400 yards and. 13, 14 touchdowns. And Waddle's going to have just as many, dude. Well, J- hold on. J- Jalen Waddle has four you, touchdowns. What do, what do you think? There's four touchdowns. What do you think? Jamar Chase's numbers are going up, but Waddle's aren't? No, no, no. I didn't say, I didn't say that. But if Jamar Chase has more yards and more touchdowns, they're going to give it to him. They're going to give it to yeah, him. It's still not going to matter. It, when you have a quarterback with the, the one seed, it's not going to matter. I, dude, Mac Jones, is play, Mac Jones is playing great. And by the way, he's hung, you know, 50 points. Like four nobody, nobody is. Their running game is pretty damn good, Jeff. Okay, it is, but he's it's also pretty damn good. But he's also thrown a ton of touchdown passes. Who's this Hunter other Henry guy? Who's that, that big back that they have? Uh, Damian Harris, Lamondre Stevenson. Lamondre He's freaking awesome. Okay, I, um, he's better. I, I think he's better than Damian Harris. I, I think he's going to be better this, than Damian Harris. This is what's e- this is what's even better about the whole thing. Do you know how much New England is paying their four running backs they have? Two million dollars. Yeah, like three. It's like yeah, it's it's absurd. Meanwhile, the the Dallas one star ratings are paying <laughs> he won't be a cowboy next dollars year. for one guy. Who's gonna take his contract? They're gonna cut him. Why would I pay you when I got Tony Pollard who's out playing you every week? They cut him, it's gonna Tony affect Pollard's, it's gonna hurt the, the it's gonna hurt their it's gonna hurt their salary cap. A big time. Holding on to him will hurt him more. I don't think so. Not really. So you're going to hold on to an injury-riddled guy who's slowly every week becoming well, less what and is, less what of Well, what does Zeke have this year? What is, his, what is his numbers this year? Zeke Elliott. I, I'm trying to – By the way, early, Mac Jones is going to have like yeah, 3,800 yards. Yeah, he's been bad in recent weeks too. He's, he's, he's averaged, I think, 50-something yards a game in recent and weeks. And who's his number one wide receiver? Who? Who's Mac Jones throwing the ball to? We're not baby. talking about that right now. We're talking about I'm just about saying. Zeke. He's going to have about 4,000 Zeke has 765 yards and eight touchdowns. He's going to have over 1,200 yards this year or 1,100 yards. And he's going to have about 12, 13 touchdowns. That's, that's not bad. What's 4.4. 4.4, which is great. Oh, Those bad. are great NFL numbers. Zeke's oh, having a good year. Great. Zeke's having a great year. So it, it, yeah. they're but not trading. Collins performed better when they played him. That's fine. That's fine, but they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade Zeke, and nobody's going to take that contract on. And they're not going to let him go. Having a great year, so why wouldn't they take it? What? What? I just told you they're not going to take that contract. Nobody's having a great year. Why wouldn't? How old is Zeke Elliott? Twenty six. Oh, he's older than that. Zeke Elliott's older than that. I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine. He's not twenty. Go, Speedy. Look up his age, please. He just had it. Can you go backwards, please? Just, just look down. Hello. Ezekiel Elliott. Hello? 26, no. 26. Let me see. It's 26 years old? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. That's what, three years left in his prime? The contract's what, two years left? You got two years left in the contract, yes. All right, so that's his prime. He'll be 27 before next season. So uh, th- nobody's going nobody's to get – nobody's going to take – how much is he making right now? 16, I think this year, 16 million? Uh, his average was 16. I think this year – Nobody's was, taking that. Yeah. Nobody's taking that contract. Nobody. Nobody's going to take Ezekiel Elliott's contract like that. No way. So they, they're going to have to drop it. And if they drop it, 
that, that you're going to have to trust that Tony Pollard is going to be. Yeah, but they could. Lead right, but Carrier. they could drop it, though, because they'll be in salary cap hell, dude. Uh, they're in, they're actually didn't they drop somebody that they took a they Jalen Smith. Yeah, Jalen Smith, Smith was the most recent and, one. And uh, who's the other guy that they're they're talking about dropping? Um, one of their offensive linemen. You're losing Michael Gallup. Yeah, okay. my, yeah, yeah, they have enough receivers. Okay. No, you don't, because Amari they Cooper can franchise him. Now. They can they can franchise him. They have enough yeah. receivers. That kid Cedric Wilson can step right in. He yeah, he's played well. So uh, now I, they could franchise uh, Gallup and then trade him. And to get something for him, a second round or a late first round. And then there's also a draft, too. So it's it's not like you're replacing CeeDee Lamb and you're replacing Michael No, I Gallup, understand so. you can draft another guy. My point being is you've lost a lot of good players because you put a lot of money in Zeke, Dak, and Cooper, and you're going to eventually have to pay CeeDee Lamb, too. I don't think it was stupid giving Dak Prescott the money. that No, Dak is fine, but the, you got that's the cap. Like you got to accumulate for all of your caps. Here's the, the Demarcus Lawrence is the one that's killing them. Okay, that's that's the that's and the Lyle money. Collins too. Well, I mean, Van Dash is Van Dash him, is a free they're, agent. They're gonna have to figure out how to pay Van Dash. Gregory too, right? And Van Dash, who's having a great season too, mm-hmm. who I I love, and I'll tell you this right now. And and I listened to the Beef, and I said, Beef, they better find a way to sign Van Dash because you you forget uh, how you're... good he is. And don't forget, as uh, if he I plays well again, if he plays well again in the future, he's got two years left still. But Trayvon Diggs too is gonna make a lot if he continues that the rate oh, he's yeah. at. <laughs> You you completely lost me when you said you listened to the Beave. <laughs> no, but I, I'm saying that he he thinks that Van they're going to re-sign Van Dash, and I said, how are they going to re-sign Van Dash? Well, that's why they got Jalen Smith. They're over cap. They're in cap hell even without Jalen Smith. So how the hell are they going to pay one of the one of more more top end linebackers in the league? It's just it's not going to happen. He's got what forty solo tackles this year, and he and he's got what uh, I think he's got one or two sacks this year. Yeah, he's more a coverage guy this year because they've Micah Parsons has kind of turned into a pass rusher run. Stopper. I like Van Der Esch a lot. Uh, he's kind of been that that bulk coverage guy in that Dan Quinn defense, like the like he had with Seattle and Atlanta, kind of maybe taking on the middle linebacker role, even though he's technically an outside linebacker. So. He's not doesn't have as many sacks, but the tackles, the run defense is still there for him. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. He's really good. I, I like him. I, I wouldn't mind him a bad. I wouldn't mind him on my team. That's for sure. But there'll, there'll be a lot of teams looking at a guy like Van Der Esch in the offseason. He's a very good linebacker. So, but speed, uh, not speedy, but but the beef thinks that uh, it's it's foregone conclusion that that's where he's going. to By be. the way, uh, Zeke's contract he has an out after twenty twenty three, and the dead cap hit would be eleven point eight six. That's million. a lot of money. They're not dropping him next year, Mm-mm. and they're not trading him either because nobody's uh, taking. I him. would. Who do you who do you think is going to take a contract like that? I don't know, but you don't know until you find out. So why don't you? Put I'm sure they've put it out there. I, I I don't. Jesus Christ. There's not a lot of teams that need running backs, so it's going to be very Nobody's going to spend $16 million on a running back. Nobody. So then keep them and continue to not win a Super Bowl. I'm sorry? Fine. That's the the answer, Dallas Cowboys fans. No no one should pay that, right? Not when the Patriots are paying $3 million for four of them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It it doesn't. And you you could get it, as as you see with the draft the last couple of years, you could find a running back in the third and fourth round. But if I'm the Cowboys GM, I'm moving that contract. Well, the Cowboys GM is Jerry right. Jones because they right. have a so real GM. Nobody's taking the contract. He's, he's, nobody's going to. That's gonna... the problem, Jeff. Well, you think yeah, anybody's taking Cowboys a contract problem. like that? Sure. You think anybody's? I think that's, you know, listen. You do this all the time. We all do this all the time. I'm asking you. I'm asking right. you. You think right. somebody's going to take that contract? I think somebody could. Who? There's an there's a chair for every ass, bro. Sixteen million. 
Who 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 do you think could be lining up for Ezekiel Elliott's contract? What, what is what is it? What is it? So ridiculous to think it's a lot of money, man, for a running back. Right, uh, right. I'll give you a team that could kill for a running back because they need a running game. They can't find a running back. They can never get anybody. Miles Gaskin stinks. You don't. You couldn't see him ending up in Miami. Uh, there's a there's a couple teams looking, but I I don't think Miami's going to give and them. You 16 know million. they love overpaying people. <laughs> True. I don't think they're giving. Right, they, they got a right, lot of draft picks. Saying, they got right, a lot. Right. Saying, so here's you, a second, a third, year. and merry on. They have yeah, two first year rounds year this year. Year after year. They got two first right, rounds year this year, year, two yeah. seconds, teams like, one third, two teams fourths. Like Washington do it. You've seen teams like They're Cleveland do it. it. You've seen you, – no, no, no. Hold on. I'm just saying in the past, you've, mm. you've seen a ton of teams make just unreasonable moves. Cleveland's done it a ton in the past. Uh, Washington's done it a ton in the oh, past. Oh, they love overpaying right. the East players. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. There's always teams that, that are like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And, it's, you're, and everyone else on the planet goes, why would you do that? You know, mm-hmm. you don't think the Lions have over not that again, not that they need running back. You don't no. think the Lions have ever done some dumb oh, shit? Sure. Of course they have. They have, but I, yeah, I they had Matt Millen as a GM. To give a running back enough. right now, the way the league is turning $16 million, <laughs> no, it's, it's not going to happen. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you another team that's dying to rebuild that, I don't know, could maybe use an asset to trade again. The Texans might take it on. Yeah, I don't think. I, I, they're going to have to drop them and – I think that's a lot of money that's going to hurt their cap. I, I don't see that Jerry Jones doing that. I think he's a Cowboy next year. I think Zeke is it, – it's going to be really, really hard for the Cowboys to do what they need to do. I want to see I want to see Zeke Elliott traded just to watch the Beeve do a 180 on this guy, <laughs> right? Just to watch – just to watch – because he was the great hall, better than Barry Sanders, right? The, the Cowboys trade Zeke Elliott, and he's going to go – he was a bum. He was an absolute <laughs> bum. I don't think he'd ever say that. He has like some infatuation for Zeke. And I love Zeke. I loved him from Ohio State. I just he over he over you watch. Overrated. You watch. They him. trade him. They trade him and he's he's going right to Salvation Army with all of his uh, Zeke Elliott half cut shirt. I don't think he has Zeke. Zeke I don't think he has Zeke. He's dropping them all off at Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, so Jeff, when, when he says, oh, Pollard was better anyway this year than Zeke, so we're going to ask him, uh, oh, so does that make Tony first Pollard all, better than go, Barry Sanders too? First, first of all, go go ask Beeb. I had texted him a ton of times. I'm like, dude, you guys are so stupid for not using Tony Pollard more. He is so good. Hmm. How is Tony Pollard this year? What is he doing? Six, uh, 107 rush yards, 602 yards. Two touchdowns. That's up, and then better, much better receiving numbers than Zeke. So, yeah, well, he's a better right. catcher. Yeah, back. yeah the great. only thing Zeke does better than Tony Pollard is blitz pickup. That's it. That's literally it. You're paying a guy sixteen million dollars to pick up a blitz. Mm-hmm. Well, at one point when, when he was a top five running back in the league, he's not that. He anymore. was never a top five. Yes, he was. I'll give you. Yes, hey, was. I'll give you another team right now that yes, would he kill was. for a running three back. years. He was. You want another? You want another team that would kill for a halfway good running back, and if they got a running back, they would probably win a Super Bowl. The Ravens, and the Ravens, the the fucking Bills. Oh, the Bills, yeah. That's okay. that's the guy, and I think everybody says that's what the Bills are going to do in the draft this year. They're going to be looking for okay. that cutthroat. They should draft seven rounds of running backs, is what they should do, mm. so they can maybe find one. 
because Zach Moss isn't panning out. Devin Singletary isn't panning out. And if they had a run game, they probably beat New England Monday night. Yeah, uh, Garrett Price actually mentioned that last week. He thinks uh, Brees Hall, I think, was the one he said would be a great fit for them. Another beast. Brees yeah, Hall's I do. Think and so I just so you know, he was a top five. I mean, when you have 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, uh, 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. Yes, he was a top five running back in the league. He w- absolutely was. He's just not that anymore. And and even last year, last year, 979 yards and six touchdowns. That's not bad. And he only played, he, can we, he played can we 14 talk for games. A minute? Yeah. Can we talk for a minute about the brilliant Bill Belichick coaching job? Yeah, he's going to win coach of the year. Like, he's winning coach of the brilliant year. Brilliant coaching job. I mean, he did he just crack open Sean McDermott's skull and pull out his brain and pop it into a blender. Jeff, that was like the uh, the Jonas Gray game on steroids. Yeah. He's... Oh, my God. The Jonas Gray game against Indianapolis. Yeah. That was great. No, uh-huh. he, is, he deserves a lot of credit, and he's doing it with a rookie quarterback, and you, you, you have to give and him how, a lot of credit. And how amazing is it, by the way, that the first thing Sean McDermott does is run right to the media and start screaming, don't give Belichick any credit. Mm. Like, he owns that dude's brain. Mm. Well, we'll see, because they're going to probably meet again in the playoffs. Uh, it's more than likely. No, they play again in three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's true, but they, they're they probably. They got a bye week this week, then they get the Colts, and then they get the Bills. But you know what the brilliant thing about it is? It'll be in New it's England. Almost like, well, right. Not only is it in New England, but it's almost like they haven't even played before. The Buffalo never even saw a pass play from New England. <laughs> How are they going to stop the run when all of a sudden we'll be able to throw the ball again? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Jeff, we'll talk tomorrow. Thank you. All right, boys. Cheers. See you tomorrow, man. Jeff from Tampa. Uh, great show, by the way. Shout out to Britt Giroli. Uh, uh, I, 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 her name is like very, very hard to pronounce. But um, obviously, Britt Giroli, obviously, she was great. Um, also, I would like to thank uh, Draft Countdown Managing Partner, uh, Shane Hallam, for joining us. He was really, really good, too. So, uh, thank you for both of them for joining us. They were really, really special. Uh, definitely hope we'll get them on the show again tomorrow. Uh, who do we have tomorrow? We have one guest at the moment. We're hoping, hoping to find another. Uh, right now, Angels beat writer for the Southern California Ooh. News Group, Jeff Fletcher, will be joining us I know tomorrow. who Jeff Fletcher is. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, I know who Jeff Fletcher is. And uh, I would love to hear what he has to say about the Angels, by the way. So... Uh, so we'll have Isn't Jeff. It funny, he didn't think Otani was MVP. Now he's condoning them to win a World Series next week. I'm sorry, I didn't say they were winning the World Series. Again, you're taking words out of my mouth. I said they could partial. They could be a playoff team next year. I, I don't in baseball. And just so everybody knows, out of all the sports, baseball is the hardest sport no, to win a championship. Yes, it is. Hockey. No, it isn't. Hockey is not. Yes, it is. no, it isn't. We've seen back to back championships plenty of times in the last couple of years. I mean, the last uh, last uh, twenty in the past years, two decades, you could pick the playoff teams in baseball before the season. Starts. Yeah, and how many? How many win back to back championships? But you can pick the playoffs. Who was the last team to win back to back championships? Starts, how hard is it? Who to was the last? The who was the last team to win back to back championships? I'm gonna say the Yankees. The Yankees in the nineties. How long ago was that? I don't know. A long, long time. The okay, it's almost it's almost twenty five years ago. Right. Okay. And all right. Still live uh, 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 all right. So, and in in hockey, I don't know why I started him up. Hockey, we've seen. I don't know why I ho- in hockey, we've seen 
what is it? Two teams win back-to-back championships. And in when the last I 20 said years? Tampa was going to win back-to-back Stanley Cups, what three, did he say? Three. What You've did he say? Chicago won back-to-back. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, it was three in five years. Pittsburgh, I know, did. Pittsburgh did. Yep. Tampa. Tampa did it, and somebody else did it. There was three teams. Was it the Devils? Maybe it was. Some, there was another team. There was another team that did it. But it, hockey is not. It, it's it's baseball. It, it's the hardest sport to win championships in. It's not easy, and it, it, it's always a team. We've seen so many teams I've come out of nowhere. somebody predict the Stanley Cup winner in freaking August. Hmm? That was me. I did that. Thank you. Oh, you picking Tampa? Woo-hoo-hoo! That is so before hard. Before they were Tampa? Hell yeah, I did. Everybody, listen, everybody that last year picked. Mc- everybody no, no, last no, year. No, 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 everybody no, no, last no, year no. picked Tampa winning. It wasn't last year. Okay. Now the last one, the last one before the Penguins and the Lightning just did it recently was the late '90s Detroit '97 and '98. Okay, and that, that's when the Yankees won. So it's three teams in 25 years. So, so there you go. Hockey is not harder. It's baseball. It's a fact. And go look it up. Anyways, um, that's it. That's it for our show. Basketball's the easiest, by the way. Oh yeah, it, it is absolutely the easiest. It's how you could name so many teams. That's one. Back to back, actually won three in a row. The Knicks. Lakers have done it. What? Not the Knicks. Uh, Lakers, <laughs> no, Golden no, State. We know you've been a lot. Miami of won back to back championships. I mean, it's, it's the Spurs. Are like the dead, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. It, there's so many teams in basketball. It's probably the easiest way. In football, it's not easy. It really isn't. But it, it, it's crazy. It was easy in the past, yeah. though. They had the, they had the back to backs a lot with the it Steelers, was. with the Forty ers Yeah. It's not that anymore. Don't right. Say way Nobody said that. Um, that's it for our show. We'll uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, thank you to all the different uh, people that we had on the show today and the guests. Thank you to all the fans for listening to us. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.